Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. And just to get started, look at this. Apple absolutely ripping seemingly out of nowhere today. I mean, uh, markets were choppy again at the open, but I mean, look at this. Apple is a two-day chart. Just absolutely crushing it. Uh, We'll check in back on Apple, your top headlines for the day and more. Stay tuned. Let's go ahead. Get started. This is Ben Zinga Live. Spencer Israel and producer AB. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Someone told me buy high, sell higher. Let's get Matt Hammond on the show to talk some IPOs. Jake Wojcik from Trend Spider. We have a breaking news. All right, guys, let me know in the chat what stocks you guys are watching, what you're trading out there. Uh, to, you guys, to give you guys a quick rundown here in a couple minutes, I'm going to bring on our good friend David Green. We're going to do some live trading with him. After that, we've, we have Edward Nodecki at 12.15, uh, Christian Fromhertz at 1 p.m., and then Tim Quast maybe at, uh, at 1.40. So uh, four great guests coming up. And, uh, yeah, again, I want to hear what you guys are watching, what you guys are trading out there. But uh, without further ado, we go ahead and bring on my man, David Green. My man. <laughs> What's up, Aaron? How we? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Let me uh, share my chart. Yeah, please do. Oh, I am sharing it. I think you got to pop it up oh, there. Oh, I got I to gotta pop it up there, huh? got to pop it up there. Get rid of that Apple chart. There Nvidia. we go. NVIDIA. Something better. Something better. Now, listen, like, we can talk about Apple for a couple of minutes, and we'll talk about whatever stocks anybody wants to out there. Um. Look, the market has been in rotating from tech to growth, and one day it's one thing, and the next day it's the next thing, right? For tech was out of favor for what a week, <laughs> maybe ten days, and now and now it's coming back. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Apple; it's my one and only favorite long-term holding, or one of the only ones, and it's always going to be good Apple, right? Um, Peloton was the one that everybody is and still buzzing about today been a very good trader for us since this morning and um i guess they announced a new ceo and the other guy's doing something else now he's stepping down to do something else but you know this was like a coiled spring i know they still have uh takeover rumors and stuff but just technically when this stock got back above like 28 dollars above all of our moving averages and i think we can see 42 in the coming days so that's one stock that we've been trading a lot of today. And it's been in a beautiful, you guys see my charts, it's been in a beautiful uptrend all day. And every time it's pulled back to close to a trend line, it's just gone up, gone up, gone up, gone up. Not crazy about jumping in up here because it's had a gigantic move today. But it's been a good trader for us all day today. He's stepping up. Yes. Are we still trading bros? Yes. And bros right now, it's in a nice uptrend, right? Everything had a nice reversal from this morning. This this morning, everything looked like uh, the world was ending again for the first about 30 minutes, and we've done nothing but go up since then. 
Um, you could go to a daily on Bros. Bros looks fine. You know, it's above all the moving averages. Looks okay on a daily chart. And the video was another one today. Everything, again, if we look at this morning, right? Every stock looked horrible this morning for the first like 30 minutes or an hour. And now we just slowly went up and looks like probably going to hold this for the rest of the day, I would think. So we're looking to buy, you know, NVIDIA, AMD, some of these things if we get pullbacks to the trend lines. Uh, bro was 50 cents off the pivot point. Yeah. Alcoa, yes. That's been a big winner today, right? All right. We're starting to get a little pullback in AA now. I guess it just got a little overbought this morning. Let's see where we are in a daily in this thing. Yeah, I mean, look. This thing just got a little stretched today at one point, right? Stock was up almost uh, $9. So we got a couple of technical levels coming in AA now. And this is a great trading stock. It's so thick that you can have nice tight stops in it. Um, let's look at AA, guys. I like AA, guys. If we get down to about 69.70, we can do a full trade down there. That will be two bucks off the high. I think we get a bounce from that. We'll put out an order with everybody here. Yes, I'm back, Richie. The, that long-term chart on Alcoa is nice too. It's just been going straight up since uh, since the yep. COVID bottom. Exactly. Well, we go weekly. Yeah, I mean that's just a beautiful chart. Going way back, earnings were great. Yeah, it's a good-looking chart. Again, commodities were all uh, doing very, very well earlier today, right? I think everything's coming back a little bit, but gold was up a bunch, silver was up a bunch. I don't know. I, the this market has been great. That's all I could say. I mean, if you're a trader, right, like we are, we're short-term traders, the volatility has been incredible. And I don't see that going anywhere for a while. Uh, I think we're going to have this kind of volatility on a daily basis for a long time from here on out. So, um, which is good. Good if you're a trader. But sometimes we get these giant moves that aren't so good for long-term. But, you know, long-term, you always buy stuff as it goes down and comes back to you. So let's see if we can get AA pulled back a little bit here. Microsoft, we're looking for a little short if it gets stretched out here. Spider's getting stretched now. Yeah, let's look. I don't know. Let's take a look at the spiders on a daily chart now. I mean, we're not really getting stretched yet, but let's go daily here and see where we are. So look where we are in a daily, everybody, right? We had this, you know, big move down. Now we're kind of sitting right in the middle of everything. So this is what I call digesting now. We're sitting right in the middle of everything. And if anyone can tell me where the market's going to go from here, please let me know because I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. We're right in the middle of everything. Have you traded uh, Baba at all today? We looked at Baba this morning. Oops, you're right. Let me make that AA 6970, not 6070. What are you looking at, Ken? And where do you get a boom from? Oh, GameStop. Oh, what did GameStop just do? Oh, wow. Look at GameStop today, guys and girls. Hmm. That isn't a beautiful uptrend today, right? Ken just got a fall for moving average. Hey, look, well, we just got an ADRSI. Let me show you guys what we look at when a stock gets really stretched out like this and we have no technical analysis above. Right, the stock just got to an ADRSI, and it's three dollars above the moving average. So when something like this happens, we're going to look for the one-minute chart. And you see when we got this red bar, guys, one-minute chart, right around 109.80, the stock quickly went down a dollar. 
So a couple of people in the room just caught that. When we have no resistance anywhere, we got to look for what we call a far from moving average trade. Um, is Roku have a future soon? That's a great question, man. David Green, we end the long green with your experience. <laughs> yeah, that was a fast one, Ken. You didn't even get the time to post it. Let's look daily in GameStop. So let's look, guys, in GameStop, okay? Daily resistance was about 107.50. And I was pegging this stock to go to $78. That was our weekly level, which we didn't quite get to. But let's look daily now. This thing looks interesting to me now. Right? We just cleared the 9 and the 15 EMA. Let's call it 107. Well, I would say this now in GameStop. You know, if we hold this 107 level, this thing's got a lot of room to go up from here. So short-term, maybe you like GameStop, you can have a 107 stop, right? For today, yeah, I would definitely be looking to buy it on a pullback now. If it pulls back to our trend, 107.30, 106.30, we can buy a little bit now. AMC, you guys know how I feel about AMC and how I felt about AMC for a long, long time, right? I don't like it. I haven't liked it since $60. Um, it's another one, you know. Look at look how bad this is. This is a daily chart, guys. So unless AMC can show some strength, let's just call it 17 bucks. Unless this can show some strength above 17, I don't know. I just read an article about um, how they're doing, and they had a really good quarter. But, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get back to pre-pandemic levels as far as people are going to the movies, so. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Not something I like. But, I mean, that's a stock like GameStop that can can rip at any time. So No question about it. So, yeah, yeah, my advice to anybody who likes AMC is to play with options. You play some wacky options to the upside and it's like a lottery ticket, right? That's the only way I would do it. Uh, Daniel's asking about Moderna. Yeah, that's been a wacky one too, right? Yeah, I'll talk to you guys a couple ones that I've been looking at that I want to get long soon. Um, but let's look at Moderna. Look at this this morning, 147 we got. So let's just go to the daily chart. Um, alcohol is really slow. Yeah, let's cancel it for now. Cancel Facebook, Microsoft. That ain't happening. Let's go daily in Myrna. We know what this thing has done, right? Let's even go weekly so we can. 500 bucks, okay? So here, here's a spot that we've been looking for in Myrna where I would get involved. Now, we got earnings coming out, right, on the 24th. So... The only way I'd be playing earning now is with Myrna now is with options. But we have a level, a daily chart down around, I'm going to say 130, let's just call it, that we were looking for where I'd be interested in Myrna down around 130 bucks. But every, you know, the daily chart is horrible. The weekly chart is horrible. At some point, look, now that the, it seems like the whole world is um, kind of getting over COVID a little bit now, right? Everyone's a yeah. little more comfortable and. But the bold case with Moderna, at least for a long-term trade, is that it's a company outside of just, you know, they have other products outside of just the the COVID vaccine. So uh, I agree 100%. That's why I kind of like it down at that. Again, you know, guys, everything I do is based on technicals, right? Right. So for me, it would be a swing trade if we got down around 130 and held that level. It would be really good. I kind of like that. So that's what I think about Myrna. You know, look at NVAX yesterday. They had some... Good news, virus news, and today it completely reversed. This thing was a hundred. What was it yesterday? One hundred and one dollars. 
139. It's down 25 points from where it was yesterday. So these things are, you know, very, 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 very volatile. Uh, Twitter. I'm talking a few months of swing. Yeah, I, 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 you're in AMC at 954. All right, let me ask you this, uh, Ziri Bullish. You're in AMC at 954. Did you sell any stock when it kept to 40, 50, 60, and 70? That's the question, right? Because I know a lot of people were in at those lower levels, but didn't sell any of it. What up, Brian? Um, let's see. Let's take a quick look at Netflix. Yeah, sure. Holy GameStop, guys. Oh, wow. Never mind. Let's keep looking at it. Nah, that's okay. I mean, guys, GameStop, absolutely 100%, 115.45, right? That's our pivot point. That would be $8 above the moving average. No, let's definitely have something up there. And you guys can keep looking for the far from moving average trade in this, but I'm going to slap a little something out there at that 115.40. Anyone see any news in GameStop? Or is it just doing what it always does? These wackadoodle things. All right, good. Yeah, we'll put a little bit out up at that 115.40. All right, which one did you say, Adam? Uh, Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. yeah. Well, we know Netflix when the earnings came out, right? It took a bit of a beating. Look, a bit, yeah. <laughs> Netflix isn't going anywhere. They're going to be fine. Um, on a long-term chart now, look, if I... If I didn't buy it at 350, I can't buy it at 400. And there's another one. It's got to clear like 430 bucks to negate this, the downturn that it's in and the, the whole downtrend that it's in. So above 430, Netflix is probably okay. I think folk, COVID vaccines are getting harder to speculate and fewer people need it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Facebook is something that I was looking at to get involved long term. I kind of wanted. Another couple of down days in this, and we still might get it. You know, if we go to a daily chart, they are just look, a lot of this has nothing to do with their earnings or anything else, right? They're just under scrutiny from everybody. They're, they're getting hit from uh, all countries and um, everything. But I'm looking, you know, I'd love to see Facebook if we get it around that $200 level. That I'd be a long term investment in Facebook again. It, look, I think it's probably okay here long term, but I don't know. A lot of people don't like Zuckerberg and they hate the company. And again, we only traded uh, based on the technicals anyway. But below 200, I kind of like Facebook. NVIDIA is a stock that we trade every single day. We love trading NVIDIA because it has a lot of volatility and it kind of respects the levels that we have. We're at 249 now. And again, let's look at the daily chart, right? We're kind of right in the middle of everything. We got room to 263 if we're bullish, and we got nice support at 231 if we go down. I just took a little GM short at 112.70. Let's take a look at GM. General Motors. GM or GMA? What are you talking about, Willis? GMA. You took a little short at 112.70, and I'll add on a pivot point. All right, technically, absolutely no reason to do 112.70, but see what happens. <laughs> Thoughts on coin as Bitcoin is rallying. Okay, let's take a look at coin. First, let's take a look at Bitcoin and see where we're at. All right, didn't we get down to like 34,000 or something in Bitcoin? Yeah. What was the low here? 36, maybe? 
32,855. So right around 33,000 we got to. And yeah, so look what happened up here, guys. Okay. Look what happened when we hit the resistance around 45,500. This is a daily chart. So we had our 200 EMA up there. And we, from 33,000 to 45,6, that was a beautiful short. Right? See that? Went right up to our 65 and our 200 EMA, which is resistance. So now we're in a range, right? A little support at 40,000, and we got to get above, let's just call it 46,000 to be bullish again. So we're in the middle of everything 40,000, 46,000, 40,000 is your support, 46,000 is your resistance. And I think coin is going to look exactly the same on a chart of my betting. Let's look at the daily chart. That's not even as good, but. Um, so where are we in coin right now? 205. All right. Coin's looking better. So if I'm in, you know, if I'm long coin, 200 is probably my line in the stand. And we got room to 230 if, the, if it can just really get going to the upside Bitcoin. So coin certainly looks better than it did, uh, you know, seven days ago. And again, that's going to trade directly with Bitcoin. What happened in the GameStop? Holy moly. Holy moly. Nice pullback. All right. Well, we ain't getting our 115.40. Ken, you want to fib a little GameStop or we just go with the trend 108.40? I like that, guys. So we're looking at GameStop now. And had such a nice move up. So we'll look to buy it when it gets a pullback now. And our trend line is about 108.30. So let's put a little order out. GameStop, see if we get a pullback to 108.30. We will buy some. That's my order. For you guys who are watching, we trade the markets live every single day. This is my real interactive broker's trading account. And we post every trade before we get in them. Ah, Palantir. Yeah. I think Palantir, let me get to Francesca. I think Peloton's getting a little short squeeze now. I think that's what we're seeing. And like I said, I think we got room up to this $42 level. And, you know, we've bought this every time it pulled back to a trend line today. And I think we got room up to that 42. So I think Peloton's a buy up to that 42 level, honestly. Uh, Palantir. Now, Palantir, I think we bought for the first time a couple of weeks ago when it broke below 12. But this is just, I don't know. It's taking forever for this stock to do anything, right? So let's just call it. It's got to get above 14 to start. I know this is a Kathy Wood special when this thing was... Who knows what it was? I don't know, $40, $45. It's just a horrible, horrible looking chart. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Yeah, not great. No. So again, above 14 would be a little bullish if we were to get above that. A lot of these stocks that were darlings are no, they look like crap now, right? Uh, what was else that was good? Um, oh, the, the, uh, Donkey Kong, right? All the gambling stocks have really taken it on the chin. Yeah, Twilio, TWLO, Twilio got up to like 430 all the way down to 190 now. Yep, there it is. So, what's changed between 430 and 190, right? 457 and 190. The earnings weren't any different all the way along. 
No, they yeah. beat every time. And then, well, the company the company reports uh, tomorrow after hours. I see that two nine. Yeah. Yes. So this is what I was looking at, but the options contracts are crazy because the stock's so volatile and, and expense. Well, it's not too expensive, but the contracts are. Nice job in GameStop, guys. Well, let's take a look. Um, so the earnings are coming out when tomorrow. What's the expected move? So whenever I see a stock, guys, just the and we want to do something for earnings. First thing I want to do is get the expected move in this stock. And the expected move in TWLO is $30. What that means is, on average, the stock either goes up, a third, up or down $30 when the earnings are announced, right? So first thing, again, I'll go to my daily chart. We got no support anyway. We'll go to the weekly chart. And we got no support anyway. And we're at $196. So... 218 is resistance. That's up $22. 237 is resistance. That's up about 50 bucks. Let's take a look at the options now. Going with GameStop on a pivot point. I like it, Kent. Uh, let's put our options up in TWLO. Yeah, any stock that has a $30 expected move, Aaron, the options are going to be wackadoodle. Yeah. So let's just look at the ones up or down $30 and see what we have to pay for them, right? 196 yeah, so... A 166 put is four bucks, and a 220 call is six dollars. I mean, it's crazy, right? And that's just the expected move. But I mean, again, if you have an opinion in it, that's the only way to play it. You can't buy or sell the stock, right? That would be insane. yeah. I mean, if you're looking to just start a position in common stock, I'd wait till after the earnings because if they beat and it's at 230, whatever, it's still a huge discount from 450. But if you're looking to play it on the downside, then yeah, maybe buy some of those way out of the money puts and hope it hope it is you know 25 percent or it goes down 35 or 40 bucks instead of the expected 30. And another another way to do this, if you like this stock long term, I would sell puts, right? Because that way, if it goes, let's say you sell a 160 put for three bucks, okay? That means if the stock goes down 30 39 dollars, right, to 157. You would start with 100 shares if you did one contract in that. So yeah. if you like if you like the story and you like it long term, that's what I would do. I'd sell like a 160 put. Worst case, I'm long at 157, right? Otherwise, you collect the, the 300 bucks in premium for every contract that you do. That's what that's I would a- be looking to do. And this expires in three days. So if this thing don't go down 36 bucks, you're making 300 dollars. If it does go down 36 bucks, I don't mind being long this thing at 157 bucks, right? Right. No, I think that's a great way to play it. That's the play. If you if you know if you like the company, I might even look to do that uh, a little bit too because I don't think the stock's going to go down thirty six dollars. And if it no, does, I, I want, mean, I want to be long. <laughs> they're in the same business as, as Amazon's uh, cloud computing and and Microsoft's, and they compete with them. And both of those uh, aspects of those companies reported great earnings, great revenue. So I wouldn't expect anything different from uh, Twilio, but. The only thing, I mean, they can report great revenue, and then it, people Still can say, oh, down. yeah, people would say, oh, the, the growth is slowing and the stock is down. So, but I don't think it's going to be down thirty nine dollars. Who either. knows? But here's the thing: if you, as long as you're willing to be long at one hundred fifty seven dollars to start a long term position, then that's what you do. It doesn't mean you go all in if it goes down thirty six dollars. You start that. So you start at one fifty seven. You add at one forty seven, one thirty seven. You're going to be fine. I'm going to look to do that a little bit later on before the options come out. All right, guys, what's the what's the room doing in GameStop? GameStop just looks like it wants to go higher. NVIDIA looks like it wants to go higher. 
PayPal, you want to short at 122.39. PayPal's dead, Melissa. Yeah, Jay, it could be expensive, you know, on a um, PE ratio, but from 450 down to, you know, 160, I think it's worth a shot down there. Give us an update on Tilray. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll give you an update on Tilray. Look at this chart, guys and girls. Right? I mean, that is just horrendous. That's a weekly chart. I have not liked these pot stocks since they started coming out. So, again, this is something that if you're in, I don't know, you got to hang out and see what happens. But, see, even when I look for long-term investments, um, guys and girls, I'm still looking at my technicals to see if I want to get involved in a long-term investment. There is so much competition in the space that Tilray is in that even if they make it uh, legal worldwide, they're going to have problems making money. So that's what I think of Tilray. And again, I'm not, if you're in it, that's great. It's fine. It's all good. Um, Stay away from that. Well, if you're not in it, I would stay away. SNDL is another one that was, uh, all these guys' stocks were meme stocks, guys, right? SNDL. Tilray at one point. Um, all I saw on Tic Tac for a long time was SNDL, SNDL, <laughs> SNDL, right? What were they saying it was going to? A hundred? Oh, a hundred dollars, fifty dollars, five hundred dollars. You know, it's like AMC was going to ten thousand. Chances are, yes, Tilray hit three hundred at one point. Quantum. It hit three hundred bucks one day. I'll never forget that because I was short the stock and I was losing like hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's but incredible. It only, it only stayed there for one day. <laughs> did you so, cut? Did you have to get out, or you just no, were no, no. sitting? No, absolutely not. <laughs> we did it in options too. I sold upside calls. I'll never forget it. I sold two fifty calls, upside calls, and the stock went to three hundred in one day. So it was not pretty. But then it went. I don't know. It just went straight down two hundred points in the next week. So ended up yeah, being I mean, all right. It's sitting at six bucks right now. Yeah, exactly. Steve Jobs did not die for this. Uh, we can just grow at home. That's another thing, too. Yes. SoFi, SoFi is another one that we've traded in and out of probably 10 times um, in the last six months or so. And I'm not in it right now. We have been in it. We've been at it. We've been in it. We've been at it. We've made a lot of money trading this thing. Right now, again, I have no opinion in it. And that's a beautiful thing about trading, even your long-term or longer-term investments. I don't know. I don't know. If you twisted my arm, I'd still be long SoFi for the long term. But it's just dead money right now. I, so I, I'm still away. in it. I'm still in it for the record, David. I'm with you, man. Who's that, Spencer? It is I. What up, Spence? Hey, oh, you just came in. Did you just come in? You snuck in on me? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I still like it long, long term. But again, I'll look for lower levels and see what's going on. Snap. Snap was another interesting one, right? Didn't they come out with really good earnings and pull themselves out of the abyss recently? Yeah, the somehow. Stock was up like 60% at one point after yep. hours. Yeah, this stock was $24. Oh, my goodness. Probably a big short interest in that at, at some point, I would think. And that was sitting in the middle of everything. And Snapper, I don't know which way it's going to go from here. What about, do yeah. you ever trade uh, Chipotle or is it? Too expensive. Too expensive? What is it, CMG, I think? CMGI? Yeah. It's like CMG. a $1,500 $1, stock $1, right now. But yeah. Uh, Chipotle reports earnings 
after the close today. They do? Yeah. Yes, they do. There's another stop. They were not on my list. Yes, 228 after market closes. Okay. Today. Okay. Makes sense to sell some. Yeah, if you're in SoFi, you can you sell upside calls against that too. You sell covered covered calls, you'd be fine in that. Yeah. Um, what would I was just wanted to talk about something else, and I'm off kilter now. I, I screwed you something up out there. Play. You, you yeah, did yeah, mention yeah, yeah. earlier you had a few stocks you were looking to to get. Yeah, long. Facebook was one that you know if I had a couple more days down in a row, I'd start buying Facebook. PayPal is another one. This thing has just been getting destroyed. It still can't get out of its own way, PayPal, right? I mean, there has been no real rally in this thing since the earnings came out from $163. But I don't think PayPal's going anywhere. You know what's going to happen with some of these things? Like what happened with uh, uh, Peloton. You're going to start hearing takeover rumors at some point in some of these things. And if not, you'll get a nice tradable bounce out of it from some, from some point anyway. I mean, that's what started the Peloton thing. So, yeah, maybe we're basing a little bit in PayPal down here now. We'll see what happens in the coming days. Yeah, I mean, I think PayPal is one that's that's interesting right now, but um, I just hate buying anything that's in such a downtrend. And Me it was too. I, downtrend. I'd, rather, I'd rather buy strength than weakness. You know, let it let it show a little strength. for. That's why when I put some of these charts up and I, I tell you guys, if it gets above the daily level, at least it's showing a little strength. That, that's what I like to do too. Unless it gets really strength stretched, where the relative strength is getting ridiculous, then we know we can buy a little bit, at least to start a position in it. Myrna. Yeah, I mean, yeah, PayPal's still. It's still a two hundred. What is it? A two hundred billion dollar? Uh, no, hundred forty billion dollar company. It's a lot of money. And they're going to continue to make money. a lot of money. It's just like a. It's just so out of favor the stock is right now. Yeah, that's what happens. You know, usually when bad earnings come out, I want to look for three days down in a row and then start buying some, right? That's usually what we look for, and then we'll get a bounce. Um, but this one's been like, I don't know, six days since it's come out, and we didn't really get the stretch out that I wanted to the downside. But I don't know. You're going to get killed starting to buy PayPal at $120 and adding every 20 bucks? Probably not, I don't think. Uh, be careful, the TWO play have gone down significantly the last three earnings. Yeah, that's okay. Look, when we, we're looking at TWLO to be long at a price that we don't mind being long and doing it from options. That's fine. Peloton might be getting stretched again now. Oh, my goodness. Well, what we say, guys? 42, right? <laughs> well, we're almost there. It is getting a little stretched now, but again, I this is a buy until we get to that 42 level. That's just a beautiful chart. All freaking day. Every pullback's been a buy. Spies are ripping up too. Sono. I'll get, get look at Sono for you in a minute. Yeah. And again, I look at the daily chart in the spiders, Spence and Aaron, and I have no idea what we're going to do. Look at this. We're right in the middle of everything. I don't have a clue. Yeah, I mean, I always lean toward the more bullish side just because over time markets go up. But I agree. Like, I, I think we're just going to continue to see choppiness, um, you know, at least until there's an establishment. What, what time frame is this? Are we looking at right now? That's just a five minute try. I mean, go to the daily and you can see where we are. I was going to say, uh, that looks pretty good. <laughs> well, here, check this out. All right? We were looking at this. This hit our weekly trend line. You know, this is this is the weekly chart when we got right around that um, 
420 level. So on a weekly basis, let's see, we got like 453. That's weekly. We go daily, we're just in a bloody mess here. You know, just exactly in the middle of everything. So look, the way this market's been for the last month or two months, anyone who tells you what's going to happen in the market tomorrow has no clue, let alone 15 minutes from now. It's just been that volatile, which if you're a trader is exactly what you want to see. This is what we want to say. Yeah, I mean, you, you must have had some fun days the past couple of weeks. It's been great. It really has. Yesterday was a great day. Today's been a great day. And this is I was going to say, even for. yesterday, which seemed like a pretty mundane day, we had that huge drop at like, yeah. what was it, 3, 3 15 p.m. Eastern? Right the, the market the just dropped uh, like 1.5% or mean, something out of nowhere. Yeah, yesterday. it's insane. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If, if, unless you're a long-term investor, which is completely different from what we do, you can't have an opinion on anything. You, you have to be flexible to change every five minutes if that's what you have to do. Something that looks horrible in the morning. I mean, look at the video this morning, right? The video made a low this morning at 240. It's up $10 from there. So if you have an opinion in this stock intraday these days, it's probably not going to work out too well. Right. Um, all right, folks, where can, uh, or, all right, David, where can folks find more, more from you? Uh, where are we now? Go to, uh, you want a trial into the room go to greenroom-live.com and i'll give you a free trial in a room for the next five days greenroom-live.com and dgreen927 at yahoo.com i posted that in the chat everyone go check it out david thank you as always for coming on my pleasure next, next week peace david. have a great day all right all right aaron uh we got uh our next guest is in 10 minutes so we don't have that much time but after that, after Ed and Wakandi comes on, we've got like a nice long like half hour gap. We got a lot to talk about in that gap. I want to talk about uh, the two trades I made today. I want to talk about the... one was a big one though, right? Uh, well, I mean they're both the same size in terms of dollar value. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I know the title said big trade, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'll leave you. I'll leave it up to you to determine how big a trade it was. Um, that was me. Say, Full say, dispenser didn't even know I was doing that. I just did it and put him on the spot. So it's okay. No, I, I had a couple. I, I hadn't bought anything. Oh, gosh. The last thing that I bought, Aaron, that that, that was not like dollar cost averaging, like the like the last, um, I don't know. Oh, wait. I traded the DWAC like a month, like two months ago, right? That oh, wasn't yeah, that the was last fun. thing. Yeah. I hadn't bought anything in a while. So I made I bought two things this morning. We can talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about the Oscar nominations. I want to talk about... Uh, oh, there's just some news on Bitcoin that what? we haven't discussed. There was? Yeah, I guess the SEC you, or you, Department of Justice seized... Okay. Let me find the tweet. SEC, yeah, you know me. Uh, Department right. of Justice just announced no. they've arrested two individuals and seized $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin related to the 2016 Bitfinance hack. Dude, that's... That's it right there. Uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to shit on the SEC, right? Um, but, like, that right there. It, there wasn't, 16, sorry, I, I misspoke. It's not the SEC. It was the Department of Justice. All right, whatever. S government entities. Six years later. Six years. You said 2016. Yeah. Six years later. Commit a crime now. Pay for it in six years. By that point, the money's all gone. Well, I wonder what's happened. Like, if the Bitcoin, if it stayed Aye. in Bitcoin the whole time, the price has appreciated so much since 2016.
Like, do you charge them as if it were, uh, say, it was worth $2 million worth of Bitcoin at the I time? I don't know. Or is it now how do it's you worth even, $3.6 billion? How do you, if you're like a, uh, a regulator uh, or a government entity, how do you even get access? They, I guess they made a wallet. They, I guess the Department right. of Justice has a wallet. Well, like, right, well, <laughs> or they seized well, the whole wallet. But they, they would have to like seize your wallet and get your like your password, right? Like They would have to get that from you. How else are they going to get it? Yeah, and Bitcoin was trading lower off this, but I don't know how. <laughs> oh, wait, Voodoo is right. I totally forgot. I blanked on the fact that I bought Activision last week. <laughs> Thank you, Voodoo. <laughs> I did that during the show. Okay, th th that didn't count because that was like such a small thing. Oh, yeah, I forgot because we said well, as long as the deal goes through, you, yeah, you bank yeah. in, what was it, 20%? I, I, I was referring to my like my like Fidelity account where I do my like real stuff. Uh, I think I, I, I did that on a Weeble. Uh um, I, I bought the Activision. Uh, they're sending me the, these, these IPOs now. Thanks, we will. Um, not interested. Um, yeah, I bought the Activision at what? What did I say? It was like it was like eighty, eighty something, seventy nine something. I can check right now. It, it was it was in a different account than the one I have open. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a that was a small thing. Uh, so, do you want to know about the the, the the things I bought? The two stocks I, I bought do. today. You, I do. You do. Okay. Um, do we have a, uh, like, drum roll or something? We can do a drum roll. We can do a drum roll. Do we have a drum roll sound effect? I don't know. I don't know either. I'll bring the chart up on the screen. Let's see. Drum, drum roll. Those two drum rolls. That was freaking weird. Fwonk. Fwonk. F-W-O-N-K. Fwonk. That wow, is, you're getting OTC with it, huh? Uh, this no, that's not. That's not. That's not OTC. Oh, it's not. No, I thought every time a ticker was five. Wait, is it OTC? No, it's not OTC. Formula One. Is it really? I you couldn't. Uh, yeah, it is. Oh, stand corrected. All right. Um, Liberty Media. No, I think it's on Nasdaq. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Oh, yeah, it is on Nasdaq. What, what am I saying? It says it right there. Yeah. yeah I didn't think it was. You're, you're sucking me out here. Not, nothing. I, I, not like it makes a difference. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. Uh, Nasdaq, F W O N K, Funk, Liberty Media, Formula One Group. All right. Why did I buy this? First off, those of you who are searching for this might see, oh, there's two Liberty Media Formula One tickers. There's F W O N K. And F-W-O-N-A. That's weird. What's the difference? Well, in reality, basically nothing. There are There's basically two differences. One, the F-W-O-N-A is your Class A shares. Your F-W-O-N-K is your Class C shares. The A shares come with voting rights. The C shares have more volume. I bought the C shares. I don't need voting rights. I don't, I don't need to vote in, in corporate governance initiatives. I'll be passive. Anyway, Formula One. You guys know this. Uh, uh, the sport, uh, Formula One Racing, Liberty Media is the parent company. They own Formula One. Why did I buy this now? I've been thinking about it for mm, six months or so, kicking the tires in the back of my mind. Why do it now? Two reasons. Two reasons why I bought this stock now. Reason number one, uh, the time of the year, the calendar. We are now into February. The Formula One, two things are about to happen. One. Netflix series? You, you, uh, yeah, Netflix series. Exactly right. The Netflix series 
always the the new season of Drive to Survive always coincides with the start of the current season because the season obviously is showing last season, right? The prior season. So the new season of Formula One, uh, the the first testing is in two weeks. February twenty third is the start of the very first testing for the for the for the next season of Formula One, and the first race is about a month. It's a month and a half away. March twentieth is the first race. Um, so because the Drive to Survive show always coincides with the start of the Formula One season, uh, I thought, okay, we're probably going to get a new season in the next month or so. Uh, season one came out on March 8th. Season two came out on February 28th. Season three came out on March 19th. So in the next month, month and a half, we're going to get a new uh, Drive to Survive show. Why is that a big deal? Because this show is the cat is the driver pun fully intended. This show is the catalyst to grow formula one in, in, in the U S Netflix doesn't break out uh, rankings for their shows. Right. But this is like one of the most watched shows. But yeah, they do. Uh, no, no, they like show like the top 10, but they don't like oh, show oh, like yeah. that, that's what I meant. Um, but when it comes out, I bet you it breaks the top 10. We, we can, we can look at that when, Maybe. when it comes out. Um, this show is a, is a monster. And there is so much white space for this sport because they're really, in the grand scheme of things, they're not that big in the U.S., but they're huge overseas. They're huge in, in Western Europe. Um, and uh, I, I binged this last summer. I knew nothing about the sport before I binged it last summer. And I'm thinking, all right, the season is around the corner. Let me get on get in on the action. Also, the other reason was I, I just listened to a podcast uh, from from business breakdowns about this business, uh, and that got me extra excited. So FWONK has gone into the fidelity count uh, for a uh, medium to long term position. Okay, um, that was one trade. The next trade, um, I feel like I should maybe should I just do it now or should I just wait to after our next guest? I feel like I let's I can, wait. Let's uh, wait. Feel feel like wait. Um, yeah, exactly. Tiny pie. It's going to be huge. Why is it going to be huge? Because people who follow the sport know that the ending to the last season, the, the last, uh, season that just ended what, like a, a couple months ago was insane. It was ridiculous. So controversial, so controversial. So this is going to be the biggest season yet. I'm very excited. I bought Liberty media. So, yeah. Liberty media formula one group. F W O N K be a sympathy play here. No, I, not really. I mean, I don't think the series is enough to obviously make like that big of an impact on Netflix's revenue and and but just any good press about the show, something like that, maybe get a nice little bump. Um, but maybe potentially, potentially. So anyway, this is the first like medium to long term buy that I've made in quite some time. Quite some time, Activision notwithstanding, because that's a. I guess that does count as a medium-term buy for me, but that has a clear end date. Um, this one does not have a clear end date. So anyway, stock and a clear uptrend. Formula One Liberty Group. Um, and season starts about a month from now, and I'm banking on even more enthusiasm for the sport, for the company, uh, and as every as uh, as people realize, whoa, I can actually invest in Formula One. Let's do that. So obviously a huge uptrend for that. And let's, let's go to, even go to a weekly... Um, 
The one thing I, I also did, and, and it and it wasn't a it wasn't a great um, indicator per se, is I, I did go back and look at like how the stock performed um, around the other releases of of, of the the prior seasons. Um, but again, Formula One is so emerging in the U.S. that it, it didn't really show me any. I'm, it ba- didn't, basically didn't show me what I wanted to see. Basically, there was no clear pattern. If you go back to February again, as I said, February or March 2019, February 2020. In March 2021, um, you had other like things going on in the world, like COVID, that took precedence over that. So no real trend there. But um, I'm banking on Formula One, and I'm so excited for the for the next season. I will tell you guys the next stock I bought this morning after our next guest. He is here right now. Uh, we're gonna switch gears from talking Formula One um, to talking a, a, a combination of real estate and. Uh, blockchain technology. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Ed, Ed uh, Nwakiti is the CEO of Red Swan. And we asked Ed to come on today to talk about, to some extent, real estate, because that's what Red Swan does, but but mostly to talk about, like, the tokenization of, of stuff, of anything, of assets, right? Um, this is one of the main use cases that people will always come back to when they come back to the blockchain. It's the tokenization of things. Well, what does that even really mean? Well, Ed can help us understand that. So without further ado, let's, let's give Ed the special intro, which is right there. Let's get him on Benzing Alive right now. Ed and Wackety, CEO of Red Swan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Spencer. Glad to be here. All right. Glad to have you. So um, I sort of teed it up a little bit. Red Swan, you guys do tokenize real estate, but but – before we get to that, can you even explain, like, I guess, what does that mean? Uh, tokenization is basically taking a hard, durable asset like real estate and yeah. putting it on the blockchain in uh, either one unit or in several fractional units. And so it's just a matter of taking the title of something and now registering on the blockchain so that uh, it lives there and is a more secure place uh, to be in terms of distributions, access. So we just, you know, use this in a way to make real estate investments more liquid now and also more affordable for investors. So, yeah, maybe you can speak a little bit about why why you guys did this. Real estate uh, is is not an obscure asset class. It's not it's not emerging really in any way, but it is it it, it is maybe in, in, in a bit of an uptrend right now when you consider that it, it's in a lot of ways a, a hedge against inflation, but it's not some new, it's not like NFTs or is, is what I'm referring to, right? It's real estate, right? It's it's like the most conventional thing there is outside of maybe gold, right? And, or oil. Absolutely. So like, so what, why, why tokenize, why put real estate on the blockchain? Well, real estate is an old asset class and is, is a, you know, with the largest asset class in the world uh, with over 200, $50 trillion of value worldwide. But yeah. in commercial real estate, it's been really a a, a, a game for the wealthy. And mm-hmm. so many people don't have access to the value of real estate. And so by putting real estate on the blockchain and then now dividing it into shares, uh, it makes it more attainable for investors to be able to own high quality real estate like everyone else on the institutional side. So. What kind of real estate are we talking about now? Because there's there's commercial, there's residential, there's multifamily, there there's there, there's so many different avenues. A lot of people probably think of REITs, right? Which are like the the public market 
uh, avenue into real estate, but um, what that's kind a of good real question. Estate? Yeah, that's a good question. Our our platform focuses on commercial real estate exclusively. Okay. So we like multifamily assets. We like office buildings. We like hospitality, hotel aspects, retail. The whole gambit of commercial real estate is what we focus on. And we're really looking at the financing of that commercial real estate uh, to make it more inclusive for uh, international investors as well as U.S. investors to participate in. So is, is this a case of like you are a real estate guy and you thought, oh, real estate needs to be on the blockchain. This makes so much sense. Or are you like a blockchain guy? You're like, oh, this real estate is an amazing use, real world use case for this technology. Good question. I'm a real estate guy. I've been uh, in commercial real estate for 17 years. I was uh, executive director for commercial real estate at uh, Cushman and Wakefield for 17 years. And so I fell into blockchain, understanding what that technology is uh, all about and how it can actually affect the capital side of real estate. And it, you know, a light bulb went off realizing that this was a major benefit to create liquidity for liquid real estate. Typically, you know, real estate is expensive to get into. Is a long process, long-term holds, and also expensive to get out. And so being able to use technology now to fractionalize real estate, make it affordable as low as $1,000 people to buy skyscrapers, to be able to buy you know, an Apple store for $1,000 is very attractive. But also not having to wait 5, 10, 15 years to exit and get your money back is also extremely attractive. So by putting liquidity with real estate on the blockchain allows people to be able to sell their shares whenever they want, just like they sell stocks and bonds. Yeah, I think the 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 hurdles in and the hurdles out, uh, that's probably the, the biggest detri- the, the biggest reason people don't play ball, right? Don't participate. It's just it, it's such a, a unless you're buying a REIT, basically it's such a it can be a massive pain in the butt. To, 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 to invest in real estate, to buy real estate. I mean, I've, it, it's amazing, like, the the whole industry, how how little it's been disrupted, how they rely on physical documents and faxing, and and somehow real estate agents haven't really been disrupted at all um, when, when so many other things, so many aspects of financial services have. It's kind of a crazy thing to think about. Why, why is real estate so... Um, I, I don't want to say stuck, but uh, you're 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 in the group that's making it unstuck. But like, what what has made real estate so hard to bring to twenty you know twenty uh, first century? Well, like I said, the the big boys in the business control the real estate, and so you know when you build a skyscraper for a hundred million dollars, those who are financing it are writing checks for twenty forty million dollars. The bank is writing a check for sixty million dollars. These are not the types of assets or investments that the average investor, even if a accredited investor can get involved in. So that's really the biggest stumbling block is the cost to get in is very high for the high quality assets. And then also the time period to keep your money locked in is very long. So how many people have a few million dollars they can just put into one asset and hope it does well and then get their money back in five or 10 years? Not many people, uh, except for extremely wealthy, are interested in that process. And I think by you know, changing it and making it more liquid and making it more affordable, more people around the world will come into real estate uh, because now it makes more sense. So can you explain like technologically how this works, you know, as opposed to me going to another investment platform and buying an offering on their site and going through that process? How, how does the fact that 
your offerings are on the blockchain and they're to- how does like technologically how, like like explain that difference well to try to be quick with it because i don't even have too much time but you basically take once you establish the ownership of something in terms of a title uh so you know who the owner of it is now you can take that asset and break it up into a number of pieces based on some metric let's just call it you know either price per share or a number of square feet per building and then you can now break it up in those numerical values and put it onto the blockchain and, and they have addresses so that everybody who buys one share is recorded to own that one share. But they can buy up to, you know, 10 million shares that's available. And that makes it available for a smaller investor to buy behind a larger investor or for a larger investor to buy all of the shares that they really feel that's what they want. But it just creates more dynamic activity around investing in real estate. Uh, just like you're looking at stocks, right? When you buy stocks for Apple, you're not going to buy the entire allotment of Apple stock. You're going to buy the shares that you can afford, and you're going to hope that it goes up and meet your short-term valuation, and then you're going to sell it. Well, that's exactly what we're doing with blockchain with real estate, making it like a stock so that this is, is really a digital security in a piece of real estate. And that that piece, one shareholder, uh, one share of that real estate allows you to have the benefits of the profit and losses of that real estate, as well as the depreciation, just as if you were, you know, a five hundred thousand uh, dollar LP investor. What, what, what are you on your, your own your own blockchain network, or how does that work? Uh, no, we use the most secure blockchain protocol for digital security, which is ERC fourteen hundred. It's just a okay. Ethereum based protocol, yeah. but that's the one that the SEC and and the industry feels is most secure right now for issuing digital securities. So we use that as our major protocol to divide up real estate into shares. What what kind of, obviously real estate is, is like a very, very heavily regulated um, industry, but crypto a little bit less so. So I'm just curious, like what kind of, well, not a little bit, a lot less so. I'm just curious what kind of regulations th- th- exist to uh, wh- uh, with, with, with regards to tokenization. Good question. Uh, the SEC and FINRA you know, are the leading uh, regulators uh, regarding tokenization, and they require that first all investors have to be accredited. And so you know what the accreditation standards are. Uh, then also all investors who participating have to go through a KYC. So we know who the investor is and make sure they're not on any kind of uh, bad boy list or um, uh, AML, anti-money laundering list. Uh, but once that's established, then there's a process for onboarding a client and also process them through buying shares. But once they've been verified uh, through for the year, they're good for the, the full 12 months of that year. So they don't have to keep coming back to get verified each time, just once the first time. And then each year they have to update that. But once they're there, they now can look at a variety of properties, whether it be high rises in New York or hotels in Los Angeles, and decide that they want to buy uh whatever number of shares they can afford to buy. And this gives them uh, an opportunity to spread their wealth and, and create a portfolio of unique properties that they want. A REIT usually has you buy into a pool of properties that they pick. And sometimes yeah. they're picking properties that are good, and sometimes they're picking properties that are bad. And you only have the option to buy you know, the entire pool of assets as opposed to buying exactly what you want to invest in. So if you're living in California, San Francisco, and you want to buy all the high rises you see in downtown San Francisco. With our process, you can do that. With a REIT, you have to buy the high rises in San Francisco as well as you know San Diego and New York right. and and right. and Idaho, Idaho, wherever, uh, as a package, which is sometimes not as attractive. 
So, and then Dan, Daniel Angel in the chat is getting at what I was trying to get at, which is the the, the tokens that, that that investors can can buy. Uh, how are they classified? Are they security? Like, are they securities or are they are they they're just tokens? They are securities. Uh, okay. So, and they are governed by the SEC, unlike okay. NFTs, which are not securities. Okay. Uh, so, when you're buying an investment vehicle where others are putting the money in to make a return, it becomes an investment in a security, which is the process we follow can you explain like the domino process where like involving a some sort of a deal where let's say like you invest in a uh high rise or whatever a skyscraper in in manhattan or whatever and then and and it it changes hands or it you know the deal collapses or there's some sort of a uh event Uh, like like how, how does that how does that play out down the like along the blockchain and, and down the line to, to the end investors? Well, I think giving the investors the ability to uh, sell an asset 24-7 by putting it on a secondary exchange to exit uh, prevents those kind of you know catastrophes. I mean, you know, in hospitality, if you knew that uh, when COVID first hit and you knew that was going to have a detrimental effect on hospitality, uh, you could now put your shares up for sale and sell them at the highest bid. But if you don't have that option, you have to stay in until the sponsor figures out a way to liquidate that asset. And it might be too late and that asset may get foreclosed by the bank. So I think having the ability independently to exit your investment holding is all the you know, benefits that people want uh, to make sure that they can do a very reasonable job of managing their investments. What are the downsides here? I'm sure there are downsides. I'm sure what, that's rephrase it. What are the risks? What are the risks associated with having a token tokenized asset on a blockchain that don't exist for regular old boring and old fashioned real estate investments? Honestly, Spencer, I don't see any risks. The same risks of owning an investment, uh, whether it goes going to go up or go down is a risk you face. But I think tokenization is more uh, clear, more transparent. You know, when you buy a share from a stockbroker, you don't even get a share. You just get a go to the statement and you get a statement with a t- text on your statement saying what you own. At least when you buy a share of, of stock that's been digitized, you actually can put that in your digital wallet and hold that share. And it's in your name. You're on the cap table. So I think it's more liquid and more uh, risk uh, free than buying the old fashioned way where you don't really know what's going on. You just basically trust the system here. You actually don't have to trust the system. You can trust yourself if you know what you have in your wallet. And you can spend it when you want to spend it. If you want to buy more, you can buy more. And I think that's the real key. And you're not paying commissions to get into this uh, transaction like you would on a normal uh, real estate deal. You're not you know, going through a broker that's going to charge you a commission to get into the asset. Or a mutual fund is going to charge sure. you a load fee to get into the asset. Sure. It's straight investment into commercial real estate. Can these tokens be staked? Uh, there are ways on staking the token. They're wrapping the token to, uh, to make it uh, put on the on the blockchain like a crypto asset, and then you can stake it okay. uh, for yield. So yeah, there's a way that you can actually generate yield from the asset itself. And then because the token you're buying is free of any debt, it's a net asset value, you can stake that net, net asset value to loan against uh, and, and borrow against rather, so you can generate yield from, from borrowing uh, or loaning money against your collateral. So yes, you can actually have the best of both worlds when you uh, use a digital product as opposed to analog product. And then as far as like the 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 
assets or the opportunities on, in Red Swan that Red Swan provides, what are the terms of, of, of those deals? I'm sure, I think I saw the minimum holding period is one year. Yeah, that's a SEC requirement that any U.S. investor who buys uh, an asset um, has to hold it for 12 months before they can sell it. That's just to prevent like the pump and dump scenarios. But yeah. for foreign investors, there's no hold period governed by the SEC. They can buy an asset and turn around and sell the asset whenever they like. Um, but I think the benefit here is look at family offices who buy real estate. 40% of their holdings are in real estate, but they're stuck in that real estate until the, the sponsor sells the property and returns yeah. their capital and profit. Now they buy the same quality real estate, but it's now liquid. If they decide they want to sell it tomorrow, they can put it on the market and sell it and get out. I think it's a major benefit for family offices who are buying a lot of commercial real estate. How how easy or difficult was it for you to create these tokenized assets that that are tied to real estate? I'm I'm just wondering why more people haven't done it. Maybe they have. Well, it's a process. You know, I think that we are benefited that we understand commercial real estate with you know having combined over 25 years of commercial real estate structure and finance. But also our team is very smart and literate in blockchain and technology. And so we know how to merge those two together. And uh, I'm not saying it's very complicated. I think that to tokenize an asset actually is just following a bunch of stop uh, steps uh, in terms of setting up a smart contract for the actual token. Uh, Then the other part of it is putting it on a platform where people can actually see that the assets that are available, read on them, do their due diligence, and then be able to have a technology where they can actually buy uh, shares of those and then put that those shares directly into their wallet or have Red Swan hold it uh, an omnibus account on their behalf like a stockbroker. Daniel with another good question here uh, from the chat. Uh, what about the claim to cash flow? Uh, do are you in, are you entitled by owning uh, you know tokenized real estate asset? Do, are you entitled to to dividends from that from that real estate uh, that that the, that the real estate generates? Absolutely. Owning a share of digital real estate is just like owning a share of non-digital real estate. So if you own a share of LP real estate, uh, you're entitled to the earnings of that property uh, when it's distributed at the end of the year. The same goes for digital real estate when it's distributed. Okay. Uh, there's a decla- declaration date. Uh, they issue the capital into the wallets of the shareholders, and everybody's now benefited from you know whatever type of earnings that property has generated uh, for the year or the quarter. All right. I mean, I'm interested in 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 this again, mostly for the idea that this is this is a real world use case for for blockchain. Uh, there's that entire subsector of the crypto community where like it's not it's not about Bitcoin, it's about blockchain, bro. And like th- like this is that in practice, right? So uh, Edin Wackety is the CEO of Red Swan. I threw the link up there on the screen. It's also in the description. It's RedSwan.io. I'll put it back up there uh, real fast so you all you all can see that. Yeah, I I agree with you, Spencer. This allows cryptocurrency holders to have a solid asset that's less volatile. So, you know, you can you always want to have a balanced portfolio. You can have crypto like blockchain that's volatile, but you can also take some of that crypto and buy digital real estate assets, which give you yield and are less volatile and also grow in value. That's an interesting point. So like you could in a way, it also diversifies your own crypto. It's still crypto, but it diversifies the crypto. Is digital, digital asset, which is on the right. same blockchain as crypto. And yes, right. it diversifies significantly. So you don't have to worry about when Bitcoin crashes that your whole portfolio is going right. to crash right along with it. 
right? So if you think of your like your 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 portfolio from your you know whatever your retirement portfolio on one hand and all your digital assets on the other, and they both need to be diversified in their own unique way. This is, I guess, one way to to diversify whatever your digital whatever digital assets you you may have. So absolutely, uh, and Spencer, you can also buy yeah. real estate that's generating, let's like, say, a ten percent yield. And you can take your proceeds, your, your dividends, and use that dividend to buy more crypto if you like, right? So we can make sure that your dividends are received in whatever type of form of capital you want, whether it be U.S. dollar, USDC, oh, really? or in Bitcoin. Yeah, so you can actually have the real estate spitting out income that's buying more Bitcoin. That Now, that's interesting. My, my, that my, other interesting. Re, my, my REIT can't pay me in Bitcoin, to my knowledge. Well, Red Swan um, can. So we can pay you in Bitcoin or Ethereum if you liked it. I mean, basically, it's your choice what kind of currency you like to have. All right. Ed Inwakity, the CEO of Red Swan. Again, the link to, to the, the site is in the description. Ed, a pleasure to chat with you. Um, keep us surprised of developments. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see how the space develops. I'm, I'd be very curious to see if you have any copycats because this, to me, seems like a very logical idea. Yeah, there are a lot of copycats. I mean, okay. and we're, we welcome the copycats because we like the industry to continue to grow. Uh, but more people are leaning in, more companies, more sponsors are trying to get yeah. tokenized. They realize the benefits are much better than being analog. Makes sense. All right. Thanks a lot, Ed. Thank you, Spencer. Appreciate being here. All right. Uh, okay. So we're going to have uh, – we have about 20 minutes or so until we bring on Christian Fonberg. So let me go back to what I was saying before. Uh, and by the way, I want to repeat what I said, that uh, redswan.io is the website. The link is in the description of this video. Um, it's only available to accredited investors uh, for now, um, though that could change going forward. Um, but very interesting idea, real-world applications, actual use cases of blockchain. That was that was what people were saying in like 2017, right? It was like when Bitcoin was going to 20,000, like, oh, it's not about Bitcoin, it's about the blockchain. This is that. It's taken it's taken a hot second. It's taken a minute for these use cases to like make themselves clear. But Red Swan's doing that, so so um, I appreciate that. So anyway, back to what I was saying before. So Flunk, right? I acquired. Uh, what was my number? 20. This is a small position for me. 25 shares of FWONK um, at a cost basis of $61.91. I bought this this morning. Uh, and, and again, I, I ran through the thesis. We're, we're buying this ahead of the start of the F1 season and the premiere of the next Drive to Survive document, uh, document documentary series on Netflix. Um, which I am super bullish on. So we're, we're, we're preempting that. So I bought two things, uh, Formula One in an uptrend. I bought another one that is in a downtrend, um, with, but, but on a very similar idea. And this one actually I, 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 may, I may live to regret, or I, I could regret both of them maybe, Aaron. But uh, I also bought Eli. Ooh. Callaway Golf. Okay. Now, why might I regret this? First off, it's in a downtrend. You can clearly see that. But second of all, they report earnings in two days. They report earnings Thursday after the close. I bought it anyway. I may, I may regret that, but I bought it anyway. I think we're going to buy some with you. And I, I've thought about this for about a month. Why a month? Well, um, a month ago, the PGA Tour announced a similar Ooh. a similar kind of document uh documentary series like they did with formula one but with golf 
So they're doing the, the, it's they're taking the same idea, right? We're, we have this this niche sport. It's very expensive. Uh, there are not that many uh, young fans in the U.S. Uh, let's see if we can duplicate the, the success we had with Drive, Drive to Survive in racing and, and do that with golf. So I don't know when this series will premiere. They haven't announced it yet. All I know, Aaron, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, the PGA Tour, the, the, the season runs what, like August to August, right? Or August to – or September to August, right? I think the new season starts in, in August, I think. Um, yeah, well, kind of. Right kind now, of? around this time of the year is really, for all intents and purposes, like when the PGA season starts. Okay, because you, ma- you have a major. You have majors in March, April, May, June, July. Mm. I think there's one a month. April is the, fr- I believe. Masters it, is the first. Well, you have the Players' Championship. Maybe that's... It's not... Yeah, Players is, oh, is considered, a... like, the fifth. Okay, so there we go. Yeah. So, but again, you have Masters, U.S. Open, Open Championship, and I'm forgetting one of them. Um, Wait, what'd you say? Masters, Masters, PGA, Open... Oh, I missed the PGA. There we go. Okay. Um, so, I don't know when that show will start or even if it will have the same effect. This This one is... Is definitely more of a speculative play. I did buy the well, here, the equivalent dollar amount, so I bought fifty shares of this. It's the equivalent dollar amount as my uh, Formula One thing. Here's um, what I think is interesting about the Callaway chart. Yeah, if you look at the pre-COVID levels of about twenty-two dollars. Yep, we're only two and a or two and a half bucks off that right now. And what has happened since then is during the pandemic, golf has like boomed. And sure, there are probably people that golf during the pandemic that have since stopped. But there are also people that started golfing for the very first time during the pandemic that are now, uh, you know, going to be lifelong customers of brands like Callaway. Uh, someone who who asked in the chat, who was that? Oh, find at find me at why not Drive Shack? Um, very simply, I didn't want to buy a stock that's at an all time low, which is where Drive Shack is. All right, I try not to make a habit of buying stocks at all-time lows. I don't mind buying stocks in downtrends. I've done, I've done it many times before. Uh, I do mind buying stocks at all-time lows. Um, so, and, and also, Callaway bought um, Topgolf, Topgolf, right? Golf. Okay, yep. so I, I know they paid up for that. That was, a, that was a very expensive deal for them. But that's an easy way to participate without actually having to go, go golfing. So... This is again. This is more speculative, and again, they report earnings in two days. I think they actually got a great deal on Top Golf because it was during the pandemic. Oh, I think you may, maybe you're right. It, it, yeah. Regardless, it was still it, it was like a big deal for them in terms of the size of the company. Like they're a four, they're in a, they're a four and a half billion dollar company. I think they paid what like a couple bill for Top Golf. I don't it, remember off the top of my head. Yeah. I I thought it was Callaway buys Top Golf. Let's see what they paid for it. Five hundred mil, I think. Uh, they paid da, 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 two billion dollars. Okay, and they're a four and a half billion dollar company, so it's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, those were the two things that I bought: twenty five shares of Flunk and fifty shares of Eli. Today, uh, same dollar amount or roughly the same. Uh dollar amount and definitely more convicted on the flunk on the formula one but these are my two newest positions oh and jay rice brings up a good point waste oh, management gosh. open is this weekend um really yeah 
Why, 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 why do you say that, Jay? I, Mike, I was looking at these options. Yeah, I mean, Callaway reports earnings on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, if you're gonna trade options on this, I mean, a, I would just wait till Thursday before the. It's after hours or before? It's after after hours. Yeah, I would just wait till Thursday and trade weeklies because either way, if you're trading options during earnings, it's gonna be, uh, you know, kind of one way or the other, kind of binary. But um, and, and I, I want to echo Jonathan's comment also in the chat, because uh, Jonathan said he uh, played for the first time during the pandemic and, and he loved it. I golfed for the very first time in my life about a. It was a little bit less than a year ago. It was like last March, I think, or April. I don't remember when exactly. And I I never golfed in my life, and I sucked, but I also had a lot of fun. And I thought I could do this again. Now, I haven't done it since, but that's not, it's neither here nor there. I am thinking that there's more people out there like me that, like, there's a lot of white space, right? There's not, it's no secret. Uh, golf has a very old fan base. Aaron Bree here is the exception to that rule, obviously. But um, they have an older fan base. There's a lot of room for growth. So that's where my, that, that's where my, the core of my, the, my thesis stands for, for golf. Um, we'll see if, if, if the show, if the Netflix show can drive similar engagement to what the, the Formula One show did. So it's kind of the same thesis, two different companies. We shall see how it plays out. Somebody asked what my exit strategy is. Um, so tr tr okay, truth be told, I, I don't really have one. And when I don't have one, I stick to my defaults. And my defaults are one of two things, if I haven't thought too much about it, okay? Uh, default is time horizon of one year and then reassess or 50% uh, drawdown. Like if I lose half my money, that would be um, – th those would both be um, events that would cause me to reassess the, in the, the trade. And, again, they're like not like a – it's not like a short-term trade trade. It's, you know, talking a little bit long – not crazy long-term, but, you know, reassess after a year – or reassess after a 50% 50 drawdown. Do I Did I lose half my money? Do I want to keep owning this thing? So in Fuang's case, you know, Fuang at 30. Do I want to keep owning it? Callaway at, what, 12. Do I want to keep owning it? So those are the two, uh, the two instances where I would reassess my, my, my plan. But I don't really have a specific exit plan, to be honest. I kind of just like to hold things. Yeah, there it's, you go. It's more fun to just buy. I, I think buying and holding is fun. Hodling? Hodling is fun. It's a position. Yeah, and again, small stake. I, I, I'm in the, I'm in this Fidelity account, and I try not. Uh, when, like usually when I buy something new, I try to make every new position anywhere from like um, like a single digit position, right? I try not to like. Buy, buy, you know, if I'm going to buy a new stock, I'm not going to make it a quarter of my portfolio. I'm not about that life. So I'll make like single digit, sing, single digit allocations to new things. Um, so that's where I'm at right now in Formula One and in Eli. And those are the two things that I bought today. So if you agree, hit a one. If you don't agree, hit a two. If you don't care, hit a three in the chat. Um, all right. Let's move on, Aaron. I want to talk Oscars. Oscars. Do you know about the Oscar nominations? They came out this morning. Did you know that? Um, kind of, just because you told me so. Okay, the... I told you. Um, 
Pop Quiz Hot Shot, which studio slash company got the, mo- the most Oscar nominations? Netflix. Correct. Do we have a correct... Uh, I don't know. I just guessed, though. So Wait. Do we have a correct uh, sound effect? I don't know if we do. Congratulations. There. Congratulations. You got it right. 27 Oscar nominations for Netflix this morning. Led by um, uh, Don't Look Up and this other one that I, I, I hadn't, I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of it. There's a lot here that I hadn't heard of. Had you ever heard of, um, oh gosh, uh, yeah, the, the Power of the Dog? No. Do you know what that is? I didn't know nope. what that is either. I, I, I had to Google it. Um, it's on Netflix. It's like a Western it's a, it's a Western drama. Anyway, The Power of the Dog got like all the nominations. It got twelve nominations this morning. Holy cow! Best picture, I think like best actor, best best. There's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, it's got Benedict Cumberbatch in it. So The Power of the Dog and Don't Look Up uh, power Netflix to the lead in terms of number of um, Oscar noms. That was followed by Disney. Netflix got 27. How many did Disney get, you think? 18. Oh, close. 23. 23 nominations for Disney. Um, I couldn't find a number for HBO slash TNT. I don't know how many, or Warner Brothers. I don't know how many they had. Apple had six. Apple TV Plus, six Oscar noms. Amazon had four Oscar noms. Um... I want to run through the list of the Best Picture nominees, and you, you can tell me which ones you, you've seen. Okay. Have you seen Belfast? No. Have you seen Coda? No. Me neither, but I want to. Um, Don't Look Up? Yes. How was it? Eh. Eh? Okay. Have you seen it? Yes. I liked it. Drive My Car? No. Dune? No. Me neither. I never got around to it. King Richard? Yes. What do you think? I liked it. Me too. Very good movie. Uh, he also, Will Smith got nominated for, for Best Actor. Uh, Licorice Pizza. No. I've just heard of that. Okay. Nightmare Alley. No. Nope. You didn't see that because no one saw Nightmare Alley. That, that made like, I think if you Google like Nightmare Alley box office, I think it made like like a million dollars. Well, <laughs> they got a nomination. Um, no, in all, in all seriousness, it made, uh, oh, they re-released it in black. They're re-releasing it in black and white. That's interesting. Um. It made $36 million. This is a big budget movie. It's like, uh, um, it's got Bradley Cooper, uh, Guillermo del Toro directed it. Anyway, oh, I think I heard about this yeah. like at the time. It was like a historic. Nobody, w- nobody saw it. Anyway, they got nominated for, for Best Picture. Uh, so, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, we talked about, and West Side Story. Did you see that? Isn't that an old movie? They remade it. Steven Spielberg. Nope. Oh, me neither. I've seen the old one, though, so. What's the difference? I want to know what y'all saw in the chat. Wait, you can get nominated for a best movie for just remaking an old movie? <laughs> yeah. Turns out you can. And that, se- that doesn't seem right. Why not? I guess it must be a good remake. Uh, I The fun funny story, actually, it's not, not even that funny, but when we were looking at wedding venues, this is a few months ago, uh, we... We're looking at, at, at places in New Jersey, and we went to this, like, 
this place is called the Art Factory, this like industrial factory place. And like the very first thing the guy said to us was, you know what's that story with Steven Spielberg? And we were like, yeah. He's like, yeah, they filmed that here. They filmed like the, the boxing scene here. And that and I was like, oh, that's creepy. I kind of wanted to get, I could get married in a place where, yeah, where they filmed uh, movies like West Side Story. That's cool. But we ended up not going oh. with that place. Damn. So, did the um, other place also have a movie f- shot there? No, it was a hotel. Okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't, nothing exciting there. Anyway, um, I now we have homework, Aaron. We have to watch all these movies and and and, mm-hmm. and, and give our honest reviews. I hadn't even. There's always a few that I hadn't heard of. I actually am kind of impressed with myself. For having heard of almost all of them and having seen a couple, I, I haven't. I think I haven't seen like any of the big ones in the last few years. I'm, I don't know if I've seen a Best Picture winner in, in like five five years. But I've seen Don't Look Up, I've seen King Richard, West Side Story. I've seen the original, so that kind of counts for something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, Oscar noms, they're out. I also want to see Coda. If anyone's seen Coda, tell me how that is. I don't like, know what that is. Um, child of deaf adults is what CODA stands for. Um, okay. Yeah, Andy Y. It's on the watch list, Andy Y. I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I don't know if, if 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 that's if this is the style, but I'm a big fan of these new like docu drama type things where it's like half documentary, half drama does that make sense well, i've never heard of this like um the what was the social media one th- that they made all about like like how social media rots your brain does anyone know what i'm talking about on netflix the social dilemma the yeah. social dilemma it was like half documentary half drama it was really cool i'm a, I'm a big fan of that format yeah i'm with you christian those are the only two that uh that i've seen it is is the one andy wise talking about on netflix yes it is it's about this guy, this con artist. I love, I'll, I'll watch stories of con artists all day long. I I, I love that genre. Oh, uh, like catch me if you can. Right. Yes. But I'm yeah. That that's that's in the genre. I I, I eat that. I've seen it like four times. What's I'll, the ticker for the Rumble spec that was running yesterday? CFVI. Yep. How was it doing today? It's up a percent. Okay. No, but like, what what price is it at? It's at fifteen twenty four. All right. Uh, Hex two fourteen pony. Yeah, I also considered race ticker R A C E Ferrari. Um, and you, you know the crazy thing about Ferrari is they've basically like that company has admitted that like Formula One that that is their marketing. Like they don't they, they don't market Ferrari at all. Wait, right? how is Ferrari a fifty eight billion dollar company? Well, uh, if I pull up the chart, you can clearly see that it was not always this way. <laughs> but in the last, let's see, the the low of that move randomly, the end of 2018, this thing was at, uh, we'll call it $100. So it's doubled in three years. How? They make a lot of cars. They do? It's a $41, $41.5 billion company. Um, but... They don't do marketing, right? Their marketing is, is being in Formula One. Now, they are coming off a pretty bad season. Um, and I'm not about to, like... The, the whole idea here was, like, it was it was a Formula One trade. It wasn't, like, a Ferrari trade, per se. Um, 
But no, I did think about it. And also, there are other uh, companies like uh, like like who like Mercedes, obviously. Like, uh, I don't. It, it trades OTC. I don't know what it is in the U.S., but um, Mercedes and Aston Martin also trades, but OTC in the U.S. And there's one more. Who is it? Uh, or one more that's rumored to join. Is it Porsche? I know Porsche has been rumored. For uh, for what? For a, for a Formula One team. Oh. Um, Porsche. I, I Porsche trades OTC as well. What? But so does Volkswagen. And does yeah. Volkswagen own Porsche or part of Porsche? Uh, yeah, it might be like a joint venture. I don't understand how that works. Now, I, I need to send you all wedding invitations. <laughs> the invitations didn't go out yet, all right? No one got invitations. Volkswagen might actually get interest in VLKAY? Uh, VWAGY. VWAGY. Oh, what am I thinking of? I thought it was VLKAY. Is that maybe, the, maybe it? They have two? VLKAF. But wait, what was yours? VWVWAGY? Mm hmm. All right, yeah, that's that's more liquid. Yeah, the thing with these OTCs, they're not always super liquid, so um, there's like no volume here. I think Volkswagen gets very interesting. Why? I'll, I'll pull up a chart. Um, their EV, their Audi EVs are like really freaking cool, and now they're putting out a more affordable Volkswagen one. Um, yeah. Okay. I know that these. It was weird because these um you can't really see it on this chart but there was a time there where like every traditional automaker was like ripping um well Volkswagen that rip in, the rip up in Volkswagen was specifically because of their EV uh you know they were like the talk of the town that they actually had a better battery production capability than like anyone else out there that they were taking on Tesla in Europe all this stuff um, and now I haven't heard anything about it in the past few months. Yeah, I mean, it, you can see how quiet it's been just on the chart. Super quiet. Kind of nothing to see here, honestly. However, if they were to join Formula One, I'm just saying it's a marketing engine for everything. Um, and then I want to hit on Peloton real fast. Peloton is having itself a day. I'll, I'll take a mulligan on this. Um, I... Okay, so yesterday at like 9.45, I get a, a phone call from my dad, and he goes, um, all right, I, uh, he goes, I, I own Spirit Airlines, and I bought, and I own Peloton. What do I do for both? Because Spirit Airlines is merging, mm-hmm. right? And Peloton is, yesterday, there was the M&A rumors, and now today, the, the CEO stepped down. Um, and so the, the Spirit Airlines thing is sort of... You know, it kind of speaks for itself. You, you really, you, you own it if you believe in in airlines, in the company. But the merger is is kind of a not really a catalyst for the stock in any way. But Peloton, I said, Dad, it had a huge run up Friday after hours. It went to like thirty three dollars, I think, after hours. It went from uh, like twenty, what did it go from like twenty four to how high did it get to thirty five? Um, and at this point, it's like this is da- now it's down to like at, at the time we're having the conversation, it's at like 30 bucks. And I was like, Dad, I know you're underwater. You got to take the gift. This is a, this is a present 
take the present. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, and he threw out, he said he, he said he got out of like 29. And I felt like a genius for not even a day. <laughs> because look at Peloton today. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I was, I'm very surprised by this move. Even on, what what they say in their earnings and guns? Well, they're, they're, that's the thing. There's so much noise here. So what do you want to attribute this move to? Do you want to attribute the move to a a chorus of people coming out and offering ideas on who could buy Peloton? Because that happened, right? You had the journal come out last week and say Amazon and Nike. Now you've had Blackwell's Capital, this activist investor firm, come out and they said they said Lulu, they said Adidas, they said Berkshire, Google, SoftBank. You have Andrew Left coming out from Citron. Talking up, you know, uh, you know, uh, being bullish Peloton. Uh, so you can attribute it to that. You had a chorus of of bulls come out there and say that there there is a there there. You can also say, and I suggested this this morning, um, oftentimes when CEOs step down, that's a good thing. The market likes, unless the CEO is like a figurehead, and they're more than a CEO, like Elon Musk is more than a CEO to Tesla. Um, but uh, for most CEOs, if your company is embattled, if your stock is down and you step down, the market likes that. They like seeing you out of there. So you could attribute it to that. You could attribute it to the bad news being out of the way. You could attribute it to uh, layoffs. Layoffs means cost reductions, Right. There's a lot of things to attribute this to. The bottom line is you're up, you're up to $38 here. Uh, I kind of think this is not a sustainable move. Yeah. Um, anyone, anyone buy, if you're buying Peloton now. Why? <laughs> why? Yes. That's, that's it. Why? Our, uh, our next guest, Christian Fromhertz, is just in the, in the chat right now to us, Spencer. So oh, no. it could be a short squeeze as well. Short squeeze. Christian Fromhertz thinks a short squeeze. Let's bring Christian on the show. Let's give him a special intro, and let's see what he says. About it. Christian, what's up? What's going on, guys? How we doing? All right. You're saying short squeeze. Um, I am looking at the short percent of float. I'm seeing 12%, but, of course, those numbers are not in real time. So right. it's impossible to say. You're watching the tape more closely. Are, are you just seeing anything that, that would indicate that? No, I mean, just watching the, the price action, I, I think. And, and you know, my rule is like anything over over 10%. Uh, it's such a beaten up name that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more short interest than, than 10% in something like this. And, you know, the fundamental story kind of, I would be, you know, if there were no borrow cost or anything like that and, and where we are, you know, right now in terms of, you know, there's there's more of a reopening trade, I think, that's going on today, which we can kind of go through some charts and, and take a look at. But I just think that people are short this thing because, you know, they're hearing all these stories about, you know, um, bikes having to be resold, you know, and, um, you know, secondhand bikes and so forth. And, you know, there's a lot of stories about that, but it just doesn't fit the theme right now of reopening. And I think that if you look at what's some of the names that are really moving today, uh, you know, even like the airlines are having a good day. The, 
hotel stocks, which we'll go over, and uh, you know things like Live Nation, which I was just in a trade for Live Nation. I think that's kind of the theme. So I could see that some funds being long those names, right? We're also hearing about mask mandates being lifted in some states, right? That kind of goes with that theme. So I would think mm-hmm. that there would be a decent amount of funds short. And of course, when you hear about, I, to me, it sounds suspect, right? That like all of a sudden, all these firms are interested, you know, Amazon, Nike, are they really interested or is it just a really good story? Um, That's the thing. That's the thing. You have other people speculating. Right. Um, but that's not the same as like, and it's on. It's all anonymous sources. Well, it's all yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's anonymous sources. But none of like, these companies have come out no. and confirmed that they're the least bit interested at no, this yeah, point. And right. I'm not saying that they're not, but I'm just saying that it's a great story to be like, hey, if I want to cause a short squeeze, and you know, and just because I have those fundamental views that I think that the reopening trade is more in play. It, that doesn't mean, you know, there's a story right now and it's moving the stock. And, you know, we've seen this before with things like GameStop. And, you know, there wasn't really a strong fundamental view there either, but that didn't matter. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes in the short term, these things don't necessarily have to matter. You could put your thinking cap on and think this through. But, you know, if there is a decent short interest, you're going to see, you know, a move from 28 to 38, you know, in, a, in an hour and no, no problem. So um, I could also go over some levels, by the way, if we want to take a look at where this thing is starting to kind of digest a little bit uh, yeah. using some of a couple of my indicators, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Yeah. Share your screen. All right. Let me bring this uh, share screen. I, I just it? like. I don't know. You can attribute this to a lot of things. It's just it, to me, it just screams present. This is Christmas, is what this yeah, is. Yeah, and I think if you're if I'm not long, uh, I don't have yeah. any position in it. But if I were, um, I, I would be I would be taking profits into this. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's a nice gift, you know. I I do um, not to gift this to someone, but just the stock price going. So there's no confusion here. But yeah, I mean, if you look, so I use what's called volume at price. And I use uh, an indicator that looks at what's called value areas. We call it the market webs. But notice where we're kind of coming up to, right? And notice the other day, uh, we rallied right up to 34, which was a level of, of high volume where we haven't revisited and sometimes we'll just take these things out and, and then digest, right? This is supply that's up here. And also, if you look at this in the terms of the daily, so that that was the one hour chart, by the way, which I can find some of these, you know, high, high areas of volume that haven't been revisited. Hence, it's called a virgin point of control. And notice that we've gone right up to here and digested. And then, the, then if you want to look at this in terms of the daily chart as well, We've, it's a same, it's a similar concept on the daily chart. There's there's one of these uh, value areas where price has not passed through at all, and we're coming right into one of those big volume areas, which is based on if you look at the market profile, right? It's based on right here, right? So that's exactly where we're that where we're coming into. So I think this is a great spot to take profits. Um, where I would be wrong is if we could stick above forty. And then the next level up would be 48. But again, we got to, you know, we would have to, price would have to stay above 40. So I think right now is, I'm, I'm going to call it, is a great place to take some profits. Um, would I short it? No, I, you know, I don't think I, I, I would um, because of the high short interest. Um, but, you know, certainly I would be 
I would be a seller here. Yeah, I think that <laughs> you would be a seller anywhere up here, nowhere specific, but anywhere up here. Yeah, and uh, then and then if you really yeah. want to play the game, you know, because again, in the short term, it, it, anything could happen in the short term. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're interested, to, if you think that this thing could explode higher for whatever reason, set your alert at around like forty dollars, right? And then you can, you know, you could play that game if you want to to say that that would be the next like rung on the ladder. Um, because I do see another one of these on the on the daily chart as well that this could rally up to if they really want to squeeze this thing, um, you know, fifty dollars, uh, yeah, and forty seven are the two are your or forty eight, excuse me. So right, right in that you know area of forty nine fifty fifty uh, would be the next level up. But I, I wouldn't touch it like in that case, like you, you know, even for a day trade, unless it. Unless it like uh, a one hour bar closed about forty bucks. For the, for those uh, wondering, and I was a little bit curious, I just looked it up. The Peloton IPO price was twenty nine dollars, and it actually opened at twenty seven. So it actually <laughs> below, it opened below its IPO. Yeah. Um, See how the mar are the markets are never dull. There's there's always <laughs> there always to be something like this that's going on that's yeah, you know I, odd I, peculiar. I, um, I, I thought I thought I was a genius yesterday for saying, "Dad, sell your Peloton now." Yeah. And what? I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you're long, congratulations, but you're probably you, you you're probably underwater, frankly. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and it all depends, you know, where your where your cost basis is. You know, yeah. if some people are, are you know are reluctant to take the profits today because they have that in the back of their head that they may be, um, you know, long from a from a price much higher. But I would ignore that, right? I would I would think about, you know, as always, like where do you think the stock is going versus you know where it was, and and you know clearly on, on my charts I, I can. You know, tell you where I think that you know there's resistance uh, based yeah. on volume at price, and and I think right here is a good is a good level you know to be taking profits or or at least like recoup are, some, are, are not have those, such a bad. Are all loss. those red lines are all those red lines potential resistance areas. Yeah, on on here and and same thing oh to the gosh. downside. You know, they were support. They act as you know these you know were basically from up here. So the more that you the faster that you climb up. The more of the supply, you know, levels that sometimes they come back into play, right? So this is one in here, um, and now the you know these this would be further resistance, but um, but you have to be trading outside of value for them to be, you know. So right now we are trading outside of value, but that could change within you know a couple of hours. So if we don't stay above thirty four, right, for the for the day, um, you know, then you can forget about all, anything up here. All I see is is an uphill battle. Is is what I see uh, there. Now, and right yeah. name is pointing this out in the chat as well. This is a whole different scenario. If you if you have options on this, if you have calls or puts, and it, this is this 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 can mess with the equation substantially here. So, um, yeah, I mean, and the the options are like are are insane. Um, you know, unless you're yeah. like in and out in five minutes, I think the implied volatility is like way over 200%. So, you know, oh, you could just trade, trade the stock if you really want, you know, day trade this around. I, I wouldn't mess with the options unless you were trying to sell some premium or something like that because the, um, the premium is so juiced right now in the options. So I don't think there's any reason other than that, you know, other, if you're day trading in and out a couple minutes, here and there, uh, if you're not doing that, or if you're not selling premium and taking advantage of the juiced uh, premium, then I would just be trading stock. If if you were 
so interested in the name. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at the options chain right now, and they are they're they're pricey. These <laughs> the, uh, it, it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, they all seem expensive to me. The, the calls are expensive. The yeah, puts are, the ports are expensive. The bike is expensive. Everything is expensive here. <laughs> the bike do, is expensive. do we want to talk about some other things? Or do, or yes, do we, yes, yes. Let's right. move off the Peloton. Let's, <laughs> I just let's... change the ticker. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I think what's really – so it's, I think to take a step back, the last week or so has been – we've been dealing with a very wishy-washy market. Uh, that's a very technical term, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's basically just an easy way to describe it. And it's been difficult to kind of figure out like what the themes are – uh, what the themes are really kind of going to be, uh, you know, other than energy. I think everybody knows at this point how strong energy has been. And it's tough to look for new trades. Um, I do think, you know, might as well talk about energy because I because I mentioned it. But um, I think, you know, my upside target, and I don't usually do this, but I do think that oil eventually goes up to 101. So I'll give you I'll give you an upside target. You, and it, you, you are... Um, uh, the price is writing the the oil to 100 people you're saying no oh, yeah yeah, one, yeah, yeah. One, yeah. One, I'm going one. over so that so that's a technical level on my charts but i don't necessarily think that we get there in a straight line um notice one of these taken out at 93 virgin point of control taken out so as long as we stay above um 88 you know, I think the, the energy trade is still, you know, definitely in play, but it's good to see a little bit of rotation and maybe some profit taking out of those energy names. I don't think, you know, that's a very strong market when you just have that one group uh, that are that is going crazy and there's little to nothing else besides some commodity plays, agriculture plays that have been acting well. So the question is, like, what are some of the other areas besides because chasing energy now, I think, is is late. Uh, and I think, and again, I think it's fine if it digests and then kind of regroups a little bit and builds. You know, I think that there that the energy trade isn't over, but I think for now, I think there's just some more attractive areas. So everybody always seems to think, oh, is it going to be like, is it back into tech and back into growth? I mean, it could be, but I, you know, I like what I'm seeing. Um, in the banks right now, you know, and interest rates are part of the catalyst for that. But your regional yeah. bank ETF has been acting really well. And I th- right? And I think, yeah, I mean, I always start with the ETF and then I'll then I'll look, right. um, you know, depending if I if I can't find anything that I really like individually, then I may just stick with the stick with the ETF because, you know, if the sector ETF does strip you out of uh, the individual company risk, which is nice, but you may not get as fast of a move. But I do like the trend that's going on here. Is is we're now tre- we are trending right now in the in the in the regional banks, in the bigger banks and in the investment banks. It's a little bit more difficult, but they're starting to show some signs. Like I'm long Morgan Stanley. Um, I got long Morgan Stanley yesterday. It's not acting the best, right? I want to see okay. a big green bar here, but I'm willing to give it a shot because of this sideways. And I think the last time I, I think I was on your show a couple of weeks ago and it just, and it ran out of steam here. I was long in here. Um, yeah. I, and I think it may have either been prior to earnings or some, something like that, but you know, it didn't break out, but I'm okay being patient with these things that even if they don't break out on the first or second, uh, go of it you, you know you got to stay with it and this market is all about being patient so of the bigger banks i like that um i, I like the this this ozark bank right great show on netflix but also the the bank is you know 
doing better than than Netflix. So, um, so I think Ozark looks pretty good. And then there's there's other little banks like KeyCorp out of um, out of Ohio, which is which is acting really well too. So it's so again, it's nice to see. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry if you to want to, if you if you want to read a bullish take on Bank of the Ozarks, the Wall Street Journal had an article yesterday about that. If you want a bearish take, tune into Pre Market Prep from this morning. We had a guest on who has been long, long, long hated that that company. And, really? And stock. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, then you can go. You know, I mean, that's the case. Yeah. If you don't like that, you can look, look <laughs> at the, the ETF. But that and and then the other story. So I mean, that's a nice play too. If you look at what's going on with interest rates, you know, we have we have now taken out. Uh, the long end of the curve, right? Not what the Fed is messing with, with the short end, right? But um, it, it should work out for them, I, I believe, you know, with the long end of the curve, uh, with rates going higher here. And, and we have taken out the March level here. And, um, and, the, and the market seems to be handling it pretty decently. So I don't want to jinx it, but the Qs are up almost 1%. And, you know, it's almost to the point, and, and I think that's, I'm going to bring up a few different things to ponder. Um, but, you know, everybody's used to this relationship where, oh, geez, interest rates are going higher. That means growth stocks are going to get sold off. Well, perhaps it's getting priced in at this point because we don't see that sensitivity today, yeah. at least, with interest rates going higher, which they are on the long end of the curve, uh, but we're not seeing growth sell off. So maybe some of this, you know, and I, th I think depending on who you listen to and which strategist or, um, uh, you know, broker dealer who's got a view about what's going on with the market. Um, it seems like it's watching the price action that maybe part, maybe part of this move is priced in uh, in regard to to interest rates, both both on the long end and the short end of the curve. So I'm being somewhat optimistic. Um, one day is not a trend, but I have to say, and this was the story on Friday too. Uh, interest rates were going higher on Friday too. Uh, um, after the jobs report, and we didn't see a breakdown in growth either. Now, the end of the day wasn't particularly a picnic uh, because there was some profit taking, I think. But, you know, it's these things I think are important to kind of observe. And you don't have to make a prediction and say, oh, this is definitely going to happen. But just kind of watch and, and you know, feel out what's happening uh, with, you know, with the growth names as interest rates go higher. So the fact that we're not selling off, I think, is a good thing right now. Yeah, when you said you said growth, uh, somewhere in that whole thing, you said growth was not uh, selling off, uh, and I guess I would paraphrase and say growth stopped going down, which is yes, yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's a low bar to clear right now, frankly. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but but they cleared it. Um, you know what's interesting, question is over. I'll, I just look over the last week. I, I like to look at. Uh, an ETF screener on, e on ETFDB.com. And uh, you see a lot of like really beaten down stuff uh, had had a good week, right? Like a lot of like Bitcoin and blockchain ETFs had a good week. Um, cannabis ETF had a good week. It's, it's sort of a, and one week, obviously, just like you said, one day does not make a trend. Now that just one week, frankly, but uh, you had a lot of like beating down stuff do well last week. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, again, I think it's it, it just gives you a little bit more trading opportunities too. You know, you don't have to fall in love with some of these areas, but if you're looking for like a bounce or playing playing a bounce, it's it's. I think it's good to see some of these other areas um, participate. You know, and I think you know, Bitcoin. Um, the level that I'm watching in Bitcoin is. 
44,475, and that's Bitcoin futures. Um, but it's nice to see it kind of come alive a little bit. You know, I don't want to see these things just, you know, continue to break down. I know some people look at Bitcoin and Ethereum to think about the market in terms of, uh, you know, risk on or risk off. So yeah. I think that there is some relationship with depending on what area of the market that you're looking at. But you've got you've, you, you are rallying into some re- resistance here. And I think if you did buy the dip, you know, somewhere in Ethereum or Bitcoin too, I think, you know, the last couple of days of a move um, until we can get through this resistance in which I see Ethereum just right at like, a again, the futures are not that old, but you do have a 200 day moving average coming into play. You know, that would be a great place to, to lighten up a little bit. And, and um, in my opinion, you don't necessarily have to sell your whole position, but if you added on the lows, maybe take off that ad. Uh if you have a question for Ticker, uh, for uh, Ticker, for Christian, drop them in the <laughs> chat. Uh, question for Ticker works too. Yeah. Uh, D- uh, Dimitri asked if you could look at Hilton HLT. Yeah, that's a great one, and I and I wanted to talk about too. Like you know, so this yeah. you know, uh, you know, as I was started to say earlier about you know, like just just energy outperf- you know, was the primary area as well as commodities. It's I get excited when I see finally some other areas participating. So it does look like some of these travel names, Hilton, you, you could see on my chart, you've got some resistance right around this 152. Uh, but I think it's a good looking chart if it can kind of hang in here and build. Um, I like, so 152 is the level that I'm watching. Um, and then I would also watch, you know, the the move out of the moving averages. Um, I like, whoops, wrong symbol. I like Marriott here because Marriott is, is showing a little bit more leadership uh so very is that that an all-time high what's that it might be an all-time high i I mean i think it is i don't see any yeah i mean it looks to me uh like an all-time high if it could if it could kind of close here and i and again i've been doing a lot of looking at the at the weekly charts as well but you know you have to like what you see here in terms of marriott going higher so you know what's nice about this too is um, you know, if you look at the, you know, I don't really like to trade the airlines because I just think there's, they're, they're noisy. There's a lot of factors, you know, obviously, um, you know, I think people are going to be traveling more, but you have to look at the the price of the jet fuel going up too. So it's, it's just too difficult. Marriott, at least I could say, um, you know, it's a little bit more of a pure play on, you know, people wanting to travel there. There's probably some headwinds in there too, probably employment costs and that type of thing going up. So it's not without headwinds, but I think it's just a better looking play. And um, I don't think these names are all too, you know, that expensive either, you know? So, and again, if you look at the whole, if you look, if you go one by one through these charts, you're going to see similar price action. Now, some of them do like Hill, uh, Hyatt has some resistance too, but you're going to see that they're all turning up, right? I mean, it should tell you something to see this whole group um, really start, you know, to move. Um, and then the cas- the casinos look pretty good too, like this Las Vegas Sands, which I think is a great example of a name that was in a downtrend, which is now has just barely found an uptrend to it, back above the 200-day moving average here. So I don't know about you, but are you going you going to Vegas anytime? So you going to casinos? Well, You're a it's, casino it's guy. A, it's funny you asked. I actually am. I I'm I'm going to Vegas at least once in the next uh four months uh i have a trip at least once he says so yeah well uh, well, the only reason i say that is because i i do have a trip planned like like for like a personal trip planned um uh early april 
And then we have our, I don't know how much of this I'm allowed to say, but we have our trading expo that is uh, going to be in Vegas in June. Um, gotcha. So, so so you have that in June and you got a bachelor party or is that? Yeah, your... yeah, I got a bachelor party. Not mine, not mine, <laughs> but a, a a a bachelor party. Uh, I tried uh, to in, trick him. Yeah. Okay, not, yeah. not no, your... no. It, it is. You're right. It just it ain't mine though. Uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe I could just piggyback off of it and, and co-opt it. Um, but I, I I'm surprised. I didn't realize Marriott was at an all-time high right there. It's pretty. Um, yeah, I was surprised by that too. Pretty surprising. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that... and this this isn't. But you know, I like to find you know to find trades trends and and even if you just want to you know today's Tuesday, so we got a whole yeah. couple days away, and and maybe the casino stocks are rallying a little bit on the Super Bowl. They they like to rally into the Super Bowl or yeah. March Madness. So yeah, even yeah, for yeah. a couple of days, if this thing wants to go, you know, and, and rally up to this forty eight sixty, I think that's a nice little trade. Um, yeah. Hey, you know, so um, that could be what's going on too. Is that you've got kind of a reopening theme, and you got the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, born to be free in the chat's going to AC. Born to be free. When you get back, can you just like tell me how how it is down there? Because I obviously I'm from New Jersey, and I want to see AC succeed. Um, but I haven't been since COVID, so I just I'd be curious to how is it down there. I, I want to know. Um, what else from the chat? Uh, someone asked if you can look at Lockheed Martin. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, we can look at Lockheed Martin. And then after after we get to these tickers, I just want to uh, make another comment about uh, Christian and how awesome he is. But we'll, let's run through some of these tickers first. Yeah, LMT. LMT. So it's so it's been making some nice progress here. You know, it did have earnings. I think the earnings reaction was was pretty good. You know, made a nice move up here. And um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of caught in the in the crosshairs, uh, you know, with obviously with geopolitical things going on. But if this thing wants to rally a bit more and, and I think you could be long versus 382 um, and I would have a price target of 417. Right. So that's another area of high volume that has not been revisited since uh, peaked out here. And again, not not a real expensive group, too, which I think, uh, you know, with this, if interest rates continue to kind of do what they're doing. I think, you know, I'm not historically a big valuation per, uh, person, but this market's different, right? I think you have to pay attention to whether something is expensive or, you know, cheap in terms of valuation right now, if the trend continues in interest rates. There was a couple more. I want to run through these quickly. Da, 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 da. Lockheed Martin. Someone, oh, yeah. Someone asked about the cues. Yeah, let's look at mm-hmm. the cues, Christian. Why not? Yeah, we did get a tiny little... Uh, yeah, so I, I would say everyone slow down until until we get to three thirty. Then, then, then we can talk about. <laughs> then we can right? talk yeah, about. You... We'll talk about end of day selling at three thirty. Well, we've yes. had like a half a percent move to the downside in the past. Yeah. Half yeah. yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's really tough to kind of jump into any intraday rally right now because we know that there's been some selling programs, uh, and I and I think you know this is to me is a is a very difficult looking chart right now. I, one of the things that I said this weekend and not much has really changed in this chart as well as the S and P chart is that we just need some more time here. We're digesting, we're going sideways. I know that we've got support down here at 348. that, and I think, could this be retested at some point, you know, or, or even the lows down here be retested? Sure. It, it could, um, but I don't really have a good feel if we're going to come back up here 
Um, we know that we got rejected once at the 200 day moving average. And, you know, I think at this point, a little bit of digestion is fine as long as we're not, you know, we're not losing it, which it's been depending on the day. It's, you know, we've had some some days where it feels like we're going lower and, and revisiting down here, but we haven't. Um, so I would watch the 200 day moving average on the on the bigger picture uh, and see what we do around there. Um, and similarly, if we start to break the, this range, too, I would watch to see what we do around 348. I do like to look for clues on the one hour chart um, and 353.77 would be also a, good, a nice line in the sand. And oh, sorry, uh, my screen just yeah, right, right around call it 353.50. And if we break that, um, then I would be targeting to the downside, you know, if you had a short position on 345. But again, it's very difficult. Notice where we are in this week's value area. We're right in the middle of it, right? So it's kind of, I'm, I'm very neutral until I get a signal, you know, basically until we either break down um, or break above 364. Uh, I think it's for me, like just saying, not being afraid to say, hey, I'm neutral. And I'm going to sit, be patient, and, and wait for a better signal here. Um, you guys, if you don't follow Christian on Twitter, if, you, well, if you're on Twitter and you don't follow Christian on Twitter, I'm not really sure why. You really, <laughs> really should. At C. From Hertz. Christian, you tweeted, I think it was last week now, uh, you, you were, like, stunningly honest, I thought. Like, brutally honest with yourself. You, you posted, first off, you posted your January uh, returns, your, your P&L, mm -hmm. which, like, props, props for doing that. And uh, you were brutally honest with 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 your performance, your assessment of yourself, and what worked and, and what didn't work. And, oh yeah, um, absolutely. And and yeah. thank you for the for the for for saying that. I, I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I've really one of the things that uh, I really um, take pride in is that I've yeah. been pretty disciplined when when we sell off, and I got into like a bad habit the first week of this year where I was just looking at my PL too much. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I started to say like, okay, well what, you know, you made a mistake here and there. And I, and I had a trading mistake in the beginning of the year and rather than what I normally do, uh, I just got way too fixated on that loss. And I try to kind of just make it back and it was not the right time to be doing that. Yeah. So it kind of snowballed for me a little bit in the first two weeks of the year, and, you know, I, I think it's important to realize, like, even if you're you're super you're a super di disciplined trader and you've got a good mm -hmm. system, right, you still need to follow it. And you have to realize, too, that we're all human. Right. And, you know, you could have a bad month here and there. And, you know, just realize in this game of trading that, you know, depending like I'm a very competitive person. So I was very like, it really messed me up <laughs> to be like, wow, what, you know, what did you do? You know? And, um, yep. you know, you, you, you weren't trading with your, with, with your eyes on the road ahead, you know, you were doing things like, you know, I, like a rookie trader, you know, should, was doing. So, um, I, I just thought like, Hey, the, these things happen to everybody. It doesn't matter how long you've been trading. And I know it sounds like on Twitter that every, nobody makes a mistake. Right. And, you know, says that, Oh, they handled this perfect and that perfect. But in reality, it, it, it doesn't work that way. And the best thing that I could say, if, if you ever, like, if it happened 
uh, to anybody in January or, or in general, if it happened to them last year, you know, pick your head up. Don't worry about it, right? Get over it and realize that, you know, this is sometimes you need a refresher. Um, and I, I can say this too, is that when I've had these, these screw ups like this, I get right back into my, into my game plan because it's almost like uh, you could call it a punch in the face. You could call it a slap in the face if you want some more, you know, in, in, insults, but I've, I have had mistakes in the past and it gets you back to where you need to be. So that's what I take away from it and, and not to dwell on the negative. Uh couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, let's we'll, all right. We'll do one more for quantum. Fine, Jo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll do one more. We'll do Jo, and come then on. And, and then yeah, coffee futures. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I sold my Starbucks because I was like, coffee futures are insanely expensive right now. Why? How can they not show up on their bottom line? But anyway, uh, see Fraunhurst on Twitter. Follow him. He joins us every Thanks, other, every other Tuesday, I think, uh, at one o'clock to share his thoughts on stocks and the market. And we will end it with coffee. Go for it. Yeah, I, I'm. I was actually looking at this uh, at this one earlier too, and kind of undecided what to do because um, you can either trade coffee futures or there there is uh, this this. I think it's an ETN. Yeah, it's an ETN. It's not an ETF. Yeah. It's a little bit extended here, but the trend is really nice, right? So. Um, I think as long as this, you know, it's, you know, it's a beautiful looking trend. So what to do now, because I don't own any of this and I was trying to think about this probably, you know, it's up 2.8%. I would like, if I had to, I would start a small position and then look to add on dips, but it's really tough when you, when you bring up a chart and you see that it's a little bit extended, you know, it's away from the 50 day moving average and some of the other short term moving averages, you kind of feel like you missed it. But if you look at this overall trend, uh, the trend looks really great. So I might actually end up doing that today is just putting some type of a placeholder position on just so I I have it on my books. And then I can kind of go and add if it dips back at some point to like 66, 65, somewhere in there. Because, you know, what happens sometimes if you think, oh, it's extended and, you know, you feel like you missed it. You know, two months later, this thing could be up to 70, 74 and you could have a nice profit, even though you, you chased a little bit. Christian from Hertz, uh, a pleasure as always. Thank you for sharing your insights uh, with us, and we'll talk to you again next time. Thanks very much. Thanks, Spencer. Have a great day, guys. All right. All right. Guys, hit that like button for Christian from Hertz. That guy is the man. He is like the nicest guy, like just him in his WeWork, ripping <laughs> through charts. Seriously, the guy put like there are very few people out there that will post their winners and their losers and will be honest about when they've had, you know, a big win or a big loss. And he does that. He is, for my money, like top tier, top tier follow. If you want to know more about him, Tribeca Trade Group is his service. Check it out. Um, can't recommend that enough. Thank you, Fiora. I appreciate the like button. Um, you know, what we did not do yesterday, Aaron. We did not do a crypto update. Uh-oh. It was very bad of us. Time to do a crypto update. Because we haven't done it one now uh, since last week. Not great, Bob. Here's a crypto update brought to you by Voyager. All right, the heat map is on the... No, it's not on the screen. Don't lie to us, Spencer. Come on. Oh, it's because my internet is... There it is. 
Okay, here's the here's the crypto heat map for the day. You can see mostly red. Obviously, we were coming off a, a, a nice bounce back with Bitcoin uh, up above 43, ETH back above 3,000, um, and Solano um, up above 110. Uh, so, you know, recent trend is is recent recent trend higher, but you're seeing much more red today. Um, I'm not doing anything different. I'm just going to continue to buy more. Bitcoin and Ethereum every single month um, in small amounts going forward. Um, but I have nothing. I have no recent trades. I have nothing new to add. I don't and I don't see anything here that, that even really excites me. Um, I, I own is Bitcoin. Near is still up there? Near is still up here. Near is... is, oh, is yeah, Near is uh, um, still up 264% in the last year, but is actually down... 16% year to date. No. Um, not near. Uh, anyway, I've only got the three, the Bitcoin, Ethereum, the Solana. I I, um, I could add more, but I feel like I don't want to get too crazy with it. So if you want some free Bitcoin, it's very easy to get. Just download the Voyager app, enter the, the sign-up code ZING, Z-I-N-G. Fund your account with 100 bucks, make a trade, and they will send you $50 in Bitcoin when you do those things. So again, Voyager, ZING, $100 account make a trade check that out the other thing we didn't do yesterday that we we forgot to was a promotion for our, our old friends at, at, at rocket mortgage no we it, did that yesterday oh we did that right we're, we're gonna do it again today rohan can you get uh my rocket mortgage squares graphic up please thank you rocket mortgage squares.com on friday's show aaron and i are going to enter the super bowl we're going to enter the super bowl on Friday's show. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were gonna say we're going to the Super Bowl. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I never been to Los Angeles, so that would be fun. But no, we're not doing that. We'll be entering the squares live on this show. Uh, scan the QR code on your screen uh, to enter, uh, and you could win up to half a million dollars in prizes. Check it out. If you don't know what squares are, it's a really fun game. All you do is you you uh, claim a, a there's a giant grid. With uh, the x-axis uh, is one team, the y-axis is another team, and uh, you guess uh, what the score of the game will be at certain points. It's very fun. Um, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. We'll talk about it more on Friday. But check it out, rockingmortgagesquares.com to enter the contest and win some prizes. But not Benzinga Swag. Thank you, Producer Rohan. All right, it is 137. Uh, Aaron, Patrick Starr wants to know what happened to Obama coin. It was funny. When we were doing the heat map, I actually went and looked at that on my own to check yeah? up on it. How are we doing? Um, Decent. Really? I think we're up from when I first brought it up. Um, let me check. It's, yeah. yeah. Down today, but it's crypto. Yeah. We'll bounce back. Um, It's my life savings in there right now. Oh, that's great. Someone in the chat asked if we can do uh, a meta. Is, is is that what was said? Uh, da, 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 da. Do a meta? Someone asked if we can do Tesla, please, or Facebook. Uh, yeah, I want to pull up that Facebook chart. I've felt this way about Facebook for quite some time. Uh, and I'll, say, I'll repeat what I said the other day. If I had a way of not owning Facebook while owning the rest of the S&P 500, I would do it. But I... I don't. Um, I guess I theoretically could counteract my position with some puts, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't like Facebook. 
I can't help that it's part of the, the, these big indexes, but I don't like the or Meta. Sorry, I don't like the company. Um, the stock may well come back. I still wouldn't like it, frankly. I don't like the business. I don't like the product. I like nothing about them. I want no part of Meta. I want the metaverse itself seems cool, but I just I want no part of Mark Zuckerberg. That's just how I feel right now. Yeah, I think there are more interesting names in the metaverse space to play. I think Unity. Um, I, I think Roblox are all more interesting right now than Facebook. I will say for the long-term uh, bull case on Meta, I think it is very dependent on their Oculus or whatever they end up calling it because if that does end up being the leader and this gets far enough ahead to where like everyone wants one of these in their house and whoever's the leader of that hardware that's being sold out there will do pretty well. Well, Facebook has tried with Oculus. I'm sorry, I keep saying Facebook. Meta has tried to get there with Oculus, and I know they had a good, a strong holiday season, but that's all I know. Um, been around for a couple of years now, and it's still, technology is still not quite there, as far as I understand it. So I, I'm not, there. to echo Aaron's point, there are many, many, many other things I'd rather buy before Meta. Yep. Face, uh, frankly. And then he also asked about Tesla. I've been wrong, I've been wrong about Tesla every which way for the last few years whenever whenever i get bearish it goes up when i get bullish it goes down so i'm not the for the person to ask here um i think it's still in a downtrend for now i think kind of until yeah it's not let's, okay. let's go to a weekly yeah i don't really know i think we need something a little bit more that shows me some some wind at the back before we can say, okay, Tesla's out of this downtrend. That you know, not a huge downtrend, but still. Uh, yeah, I, I've never I I, I own Tesla because I got the ARKW. Speaking of, how is my my ARKW doing? ARKW, where you at? Ark Next Gen Internet ETF. All right, it stopped going down. Something to hang on to. There you go. While I have hope. When did I buy this? Did I buy, did I buy it in January or February 2020? I don't know. I think I bought it somewhere around like in the 60s. I think I bought it in the 60s. Aye. Then was the breaks. That's when that's why investing is. You're not testing where the SoFi bull is at. I'm still around. I'm still here. What's my SoFi cost basis? 21. I think it's 21. Ooh, yeah. yikes. You're almost yeah. cut in half. I am almost cut in half. That's correct. Um, but again, they get they got that bank. This is one that you're, you're gonna have to just. That what I'm doing is just putting it in a drawer. I don't even think about SoFi except when people bring it up to me, right? Um, got kind of just have to stick it in a drawer and forget about it. And hey, if I'm wrong, well, it's a good thing I only own like fifty shares, right? If I'm wrong. I don't even know how many shares I own. It ain't that many. Tell you that. And if I'm right, then go me. Um, you know what I'm nervous about uh, today, Aaron? What's that? I'm nervous for Disney. Really? They report earnings. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's tomorrow. They report earnings tomorrow. So we can talk about that on tomorrow's show. But I am. I'm not feeling. I'm not going to sell my Disney. But I'm not feeling super confident here about uh, about the stock. Um, it just it it had that huge Disney Plus run up, and I just don't know if uh, if if the market 
cares as much anymore about about that. So we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, we were supposed to live stream the Peloton earnings call after the close today, but they pre-reported, and the conference call was this morning. So we're not going to do that tonight uh, anymore. Uh, we actually don't really have – I guess Chipotle is of interest. I don't know if we're going to stream any calls. Maybe we'll stream Chipotle tonight. Uh, let's go look at the calendar in pro. I think Chipotle will be interesting, actually. Uh, wait, this is, let's go to just today. Hold on. Earnings. Whoa. What's today's date? The 8th? Yep. Okay. Let's look at today. Oh, come on. Get out of there. This freaking bug is pissing me off. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, we'll go after hours. Uh, who do we see that's interesting to us? Let's sort it. Actually, let's filter out the companies that are already reported so we can get rid of before market open and just see the companies that are reporting tonight let's sort it by estimated revenue biggest companies go first who do we see um yeah chipotle is interesting i'm sorry who did you just say was interesting to you i said i think i think streaming chipotle's call would be interesting oh lift is tonight Chipotle Lyft. Okay. I agree with you because inflation. Well, I mean, yeah, Chipotle is dealing with all these different things between rising costs of, of their inputs, rising labor costs, yeah. shortage of labor, uh, Omicron, which I think Chipotle and more ordering online is actually better for, for Chipotle, but... <laughs> Um, right. I don't know about you or anyone out there in the chat. I mean, I, I recently have tried to go to Chipotle, and they were, like, out of everything. Yeah, I, I ate there, like, I think, like, a month ago, and um, they were having some serious supply problems. They had, like, they had, there was, like, four things that they were out of, which is interesting. Um, it's just such an experience. Can you imagine if they did a stock split? Chipotle do a stock split. That, that'd be pretty epic. Stock would blast up, like, 20%. On that news, that would happen. So, okay, I think this is the plan. The Chipotle conference call is at, I think, 4.30 tonight, p.m. Eastern time. Let's confirm that right now. Uh, the conference call is at 4.30. So let's stream that. And we'll also stream, what time is the lift call? They're at the same time. We could do them both. I don't know. Do we care about, about Lyft um, as much? How's the stock doing? Oh, Lyft's man. trading really well into earnings, actually. Yeah, all, all I see, though, is a series of lower highs and lower lows on the daily. That's all I see. I don't know. It's right at it. It's 50-day. That's interesting. I don't really know if I care about lips, honestly. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we'll see Uber move uh, with Lyft's report. Yeah, U well, Uber no, reports? Uber Uber is Thursday. Right. Uber is, right? Or is it tomorrow? Wait. It's either tomorrow or Thursday. Wait, where's my calendar? Uber is tomorrow. Sorry. Uber is tomorrow. Tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow morning. So we're going to have Chipotle tonight. Tomorrow morning we have Yum Brands, which is like KFC and Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. And then uh, after the close, Disney, Uber, Twilio. 
Big three tomorrow. MGM as well. Very interesting. Yeah, Yum Brands could be interesting after the, the earnings. When's mm. the last time you ate? I haven't eaten in any of these. Uh, I ate at Taco Bell like either last weekend, the weekend before maybe. Dude, I haven't had fast food. In, I, I want fast food. I haven't had fast food in so long. Really? Yeah. I don't even know the last fast food I had. I had. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'll, I also can't be doing that stuff because mm -hmm. you know, I have to you know, look decent. Yeah, you got a wedding coming for this wedding, so I can't be doing the fast food thing. Oh, I missed. I missed Canopy. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, I don't know if I care about Canopy, honestly. Like, I don't know if I care about any of the Canadian cannabis plays right now. I think Yum. Yeah, I think. Oh my gosh. Wait, someone in the chat, uh, Michael AP says Yum looks to have good earnings. What, what is there a thesis behind there? You... I don't know. To me, I'm kind of afraid of every single restaurant stock right now. And I know a couple of them had good like I know Darden had really good numbers, right? DRI. Didn't they blast off on their report? I can't see it on the though this is a week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Let's go to a daily. Didn't Darn like, rip higher on their earnings report? I don't remember that. I feel like they did. You have cake. You have... Uh... I just feel like I'm afraid of every restaurant. Between the labor shortage, between rising costs of, uh, of food, uh, it's not like you can, you know, charge... You can't charge 10 bucks for a glass of soda. Nobody will buy it, so... Um, they can only charge so much for the stuff. Restaurants is already a low margin business to begin with. So I w am just staying away from all restaurant stocks, even the ones that I like, like Chipotle. It's other one called First Watch. But no, I want no part of Chipotle, of, of any restaurant right now. Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> that's funny, Born to be Free. Um what do you think of AMC above sixteen twenty three? You think it's above there? You're saying? Well, this is from the chat. This is from who asked that? Stu. Oh, it's above sixteen twenty three right now. Shh. Oh, all right. I mean, hey, th th this is this is clear as day, right? Oh, can I borrow your charger, man? I'm about to yeah. I'm about to dive here. Um, this is clear as day. You've got yourself a pretty clear line in the sand. Pretty clear support there. What's that? 14, 14, how many lows here? What is that? 1460, 14, just call 1450 because that's the low from the 28th. Oh, no, actually, that was 13. Wow. All right. Um, 
So for the moment, let's just say this. Above 1450, you're bullish. Below it, you're not. Um, Because how many lows in, in the same area do you have? I like it when you have highs or lows that are close together. One, oh, come on. One, two. There we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven lows together in AMC. So above that, that, that's my level. I don't know if you have any, like, any, I don't know about resistance. I mean, you got resistance all the way up here is resistance. This whole thing is resistance, right? Um, so that's a, that's a trade setup right there, right? Like, oh, like, do I buy AMC? Yeah, you can buy AMC now, and your stop is 1450 That's simple. You can put, put on any trade as long as you have an out. I'm not going to do that. Personally, but you can if you want. Yeah, I think anytime you have a defined level, you can set that stop loss up. Oh yeah, uh, and know, then and then stick with it is the is, is the trick. Yeah, it really sets up for kind of a stress free free trade, right? Okay, it, it breaks down the thesis works against you. You hit your stop loss. Okay, no harm, no foul. Uh, the trade works out in your favor and it goes up. Then all you have to do really is is set a price target that you want to sell at and take some profits or trim on the way up. It's, that's it's, it's sometimes it can be shockingly simple it really can be so, so not bad this is a takeaway there i don't actually hate that chart um what else we got here oh michael says that yom has a better control on their supply chain see uh, i actually agree because the other night uh we i tried to go to mcdonald's you couldn't uh well they were closed and then so we ended up going to taco Ooh. bell instead Um. Anyone like Shop? All right, Shopify and Google here. We'll do those two. Shop is, um, per I, I, I want to own Shopify. Maybe I should buy Shopify here as well. Yeah, I mean, this is one right? of the stocks that you can sit back and wait on forever because it's so expensive. But, um, right now it's on sale. I mean, it's fifty percent off. Maybe we should buy Shopify. You know what? I'm going to move this one. I don't know if I'm going to buy it right now, but I'm going to move this one to like the top of my shopping list, pun intended. Shopify is like, they are, as far as I know, they don't have a competitor. Who's their competitor? Who is, who is enabling small businesses to go online in the same way Shopify is? No one. Etsy doesn't really count, right? So, I mean, it's a different business. So, I, for a long-term thing, I like Shopify. For a short-term thing, same idea, right? Same exact idea. This is so simple. So, and you can use whatever you want. You can use Fibonacci's. You can use moving averages. You can use the VWAP. In this case, I'm literally just looking at like uh, uh, Harlan Payan is was is an old friend of pre-market prep. Uh, he used to come on our show years ago, and and he used to always say. If you if you look at a chart and you can't tell um, what the chart says in five seconds, you're doing it wrong. So you, you look at this chart for five seconds, and what do you see? You see a series of lows. You have some support. Okay, let's hang your hat on 780. Now, that's a long ways away from now. It's 90 bucks away, but that's what you get when you buy a stock that's 800 dollars a share. Um, I would even say, what's that, 792? And that's, I would even say just 800. 
Ask some support. Yeah. It's not, not a terrible idea. But uh, for the long term, though, I do I do want to... I'm going to put this one on the, on the top. I, this is what I'm going to like... I have to let it marinate now for a few days. Well, now that I got the idea, I got to let it marinate. Yeah. And then maybe we'll... Maybe we'll You're going to be kicking yourself if this is trading 5% higher. And then, then, and then Google. Uh, we'll do Google right now. Um, Google, I, I like right here. Oh, the gap. The gap fail works... 90% of the time, every single time. That's not the saying, but I just made that up. What's the saying? 60% of the time? I don't know. 60%. Look at that gap fill. Oh, earnings, right? They blew it away on earnings. Is that what that was? That's what that was. It was earnings. Mm-hmm. They, they crushed it. And back down we go. Wow. What was that high, that pre-earnings day? 27.64. What was the low here? Twenty-seven ninety-six. No, twenty-seven thirty-seven. Wow, filled the gap entirely. I don't know. Long term, it's Google. How can you bet against Google long term? Short term now. Especially you got the stock split coming. Yeah, remind me when that is June. I think some sometime around there. But hey, if you get in now before it hits, and once it hits, wow. Maybe. It is it is remarkable how gaps, like I I did not subscribe to like that theory for a long time, but it is remarkable how gaps tend to come back into play. Stocks will come back down or go back up to fill those gaps. It is is it's crazy how that works out. Yeah, I think it's like black a, magic wizardry. A lot of instances, especially recently, we can pull up where uh, that hasn't happened, where a stock like. Snapchat or someone, you know, misses on an earnings report and then goes down 20% and the gap doesn't fill immediately. So um, if the trend is there, if it looks like it's filling, though, then it's definitely a good bet that that will happen, that the gap will finish filling. But a lot of times, you know, bad earnings report, stock continues to trade lower versus coming right back up. Mario says we should do our DD on Occugen. Oh, gosh. Let's come in. Let's save that for Thursday. All right, we have Vivian on the show. Well, Occugen is all the way back down to. Let's save the Occugen question for Vivi. I can't. Holy moly! That one went crazy. Look how. Yeah, one. Oh my gosh. This thing got how high to get sixteen, seventeen. Got to seventeen. We're down. We're down to three. Take take what the chart. I mean, it's telling you a lot of clear, right? I'm sorry if you're in this thing. I really am. I don't know the story at all, but... Yeah, it's kind of like Sava. I, maybe the lesson here is, look, the bag holders from the summer got bailed out in November. If you sold it then, maybe it happens again. Who the heck knows? I don't know. That's just... That's brutal. Um, You know what, though? And, and uh, Stratego brings up a point. Stratego, I... I kind of think we're we're going to be in for uh, a, a pretty strong retail earnings season, which kind of starts this week with with Under Armour on Friday, but mostly next week and the week after. I'm very excited for retail earnings season. I I, I it was a it, I, it was a, it was a strong holiday season. You saw a lot of uh, a lot of retailers came out and 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 report strong numbers for the holiday shopping season. And then you have a lot of retail stocks that are like doing surprisingly well. Ooh, you know what? Like stock- Macy's, right? Nordstrom, Best Buy. So we're all doing surprisingly well. Like, I'm going to pull up that Macy's chart. And then what were you going to say? And then we'll wrap it up. 
I gave a stock a, a week or two ago on here that I liked right now. That's that's doing really well today. Asana up ten percent, nine percent. All right, I'll, I'll pull that up right now. next. Look at Macy's. It's not doing that bad, right? Nordstrom, not doing that bad. No, that's that's the exception. Sorry, strike the record. Nordstrom sucks. Um, Dillard's DDS. That doesn't count. That's like a <laughs> Dillard's has like a float of like two. Macy's. Yeah, um, I did that one. I did Macy's. Uh, TJX, right? Look at TJX. Not doing that bad. Look at Best Buy. Target. Oh, that Best Buy chart. Never mind. Target strong. Well, relative. I don't know. I'm excited for retail. I, I don't think retail could be as bad as as some people may think. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. And then Asana. Yeah. Y- you bought this, right? Yeah. Okay. How's your Asana doing? You bought it like last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, I'm up like I, I was down a couple of days. Now I'm up. I, th- I mean, the thesis hasn't even played out yet. I'm, I'm trying to swing this all the way back up to like 70 bucks. Hey, yeah, the gap fill. We're still a ways away from that, but you never know. All right, everyone, we got to wrap because the roadmap is coming up live next. Stay tuned. Can you check to make sure I redirect a set? I'm doing that right because I, I screwed up this morning and did not redirect. From here market prep to live trading, Oof. and I, I got yelled at. But um, see, I made sure live trading was redirected here. Which uh, I wasn't. appreciate that. I said it. Appreciate that. So the roadmap. If oh you don't... shoot! What? I put something in the description that we forgot to get to today. What? What would you? What would you put? So right now, Bill Ackman, uh, oh, Pershing Capital, damn. only what? owns seven stocks, and we we're going to go through those, but we'll do it. Tomorrow. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Um, all right, we got to go. The roadmap NFTs live next. YouTube.com slash Benzinga. Hey, some PSAs real fast. If you see fake Benzinga out there, if you see something, say something. Email us, scamreports at Benzinga.com. Second thing, uh, if you want a free subscription to Benzinga Pro, uh, free two weeks, check out this link below. Also, it gives you a 25% uh, discount. So I'll make sure those links are in the description. Uh, Third thing, hit that like button. And... um, any feedback, email us, please. Shows at Benzinga.com. Boom. That's a wrap for us. We're going somewhere else. Going to the roadmap. Roadmap. Stay tuned. This stream will automatically redirect you. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.